Let me let me open my doc. I'm, I'm like away really from excited my... for my next episode. I think it's going to be really cool. This one's 19? Yeah. Why do I not title my docs? I really don't know. Your organization system for your notes gives me anxiety. Well, I thought I titled them. <laughs> but now they don't have titles. They don't have titles. What's next? That one, I did... Okay. Here comes the boy! Hello, Is boy! Is this my 19? There he comes. Here he is. Welcome. I found it. <laughs> you found it? Yes. I don't know how Here they... Here comes the boy. Hello, boy. Welcome. Here he comes. There he is. Here comes the boy. Welcome. <laughs> there he goes. Here he comes. There he is. Welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Hello, boy. I just and had an idea. <laughs> now the intro is playing. We can just record two in a row, like not leave in between, since this is our last time. <laughs> I mean, we could. Just knock them out and then hang out the rest of the day to work out logistics. I'm fine with that. I mean, at the end of this, if we're starving, oh, we yeah. can come back and reevaluate this decision, but... We will be in here for a solid six hours. But that's fine. I'm fine with it. This room's fun. It's very small. It's got that clock over there. We've got a... We've got conversation. We'll be entertained. Yeah. Someone was like, y'all have, y'all have good, like, a good connection. Y'all are like, y'all talk well back and forth. And it was like. We're related. She's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> we were raised together. In the same house. For Literally. part of it. For most of it. Yeah. Now, yeah. A while. Uh, too long. So, yeah. That is why. We <laughs> sh- literally shared a bed. For, like, whole summers. Yeah. Character building. Trauma. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Y'all have such a good back and forth, like a connection. We are cousins, thank you. We are literal family. (laughs) I think people forget that, though. Like, on a very real note. We said it one time, yeah, so I wouldn't put it past them. It was also, like, in the beginning of the first episode. It's kind of hard to remember. And, like, when we recorded with Erin, like... Do you like she was talking to us about like we had to explain that we were were cousins but we were legitimately raised as like siblings. Yeah. Like that's n- not everyone is this close with their cousin. Yeah, <laughs> I do have to remember that too. That like we're legitimately friends. Some people see their cousins once a year for Christmas. Literally. So, we do have a different cousin thing, but it was just so, I thought that was so funny. I was like, mm, we are related." So, <laughs> we are legitimately family. How are you? I am okay. We should probably say the name of the podcast. <gasps> we forget every time. I Last night at 3 a.m., okay. I was like, I'm going to start this podcast saying the name, the number of the episode. I'm going to check all the boxes, and I didn't. I started looking for my notes. That's what I did. <laughs> it's funny that you made a plan. And at 3 in the morning. And then it fell through. Like I, I just didn't do it. So funny. This is the morbid and mundane. Yes. We add these in all the time. The morbid, the mundane. Morbid and mundane. I think it's morbid and mundane on everything. Yeah. But then we say the. It's like we're introducing ourselves. Yeah. It's like the greatest showman. Yeah. So. And this is episode 19. 19. Yeah. We're doing some weird fucky recording again. 
Yeah, this is this should be the last of it for a while, hopefully. Yeah, I think so. Unless something else comes up. God only knows. Um, we what recorded... We? What was the last time we recorded? Because a lot of these have been in the row. In a row, not the row. Wait, <laughs> what was the last time we recorded? Um, um the 20th. The 20th. 21st. Is this accurate? What? Really? I mean, yeah, it had to be... No, we've been here since after the... Tr- oh, but we didn't record last time I was here. We just played board games. That is true. So it was before I went came. out of town. Yeah. Because <laughs> we just played board games. We did. We did straight up just play board games. Yeah, it was only for, like, we were here for, like, five hours and then went to bed. <laughs> no, literally. But it was fun. We had pizza. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that a lot. It was fun. Um. So, yeah, it's been a little while since... Uh, but this is another group recording yeah. of stuff. When does this one come out? This one? The one we were recording currently? Yeah. Oh, this one out, comes out next week. Yeah. So we're... we're the 18th. We kind of caught up a little. Yeah. And then the next one we record, it's just going to get pushed back and pushed back. Yeah. Since we're recording them in the same day. Too. Yeah. Same yeah. little time frame. Time frame. Woohoo. Um, but yeah, I'm back from Tennessee now. You are back from Tennessee. Oh, this is going to be funny because in episode 20, I talk about going to Tennessee. Oh, you're about to fuck with these people's heads. Okay, so warning. <laughs> I'm not a time traveler. We just are dumb and recorded these out of order. Um, it was out of necessity. Trust <laughs> us. Uh, but yeah, I well, talk about... had to record with Aaron. Yeah, I talk about... I'm about to go on a Tennessee trip in episode 20. I'm now back from that trip. This is happening after... <laughs> So, if you listen backwards, good luck. I'll just talk about what happened, like, my experiences on the trip in our next one. That (laughs) way, it is after. But just so you know, if you're trying to, like, work out the timeline. Don't try. Don't try. It just shows how bad at (laughs) time management we were for a hot second. Well, now we have a calendar. Yes. It's color-coded and organized, and we both have access to it. Before, it was literally just, like, Russian roulette. Like, we'd get a We'd show up and, like, like, what are we doing? Like, like, hey, can I show up can next we record? <laughs> and I live two hours away. Literally. Well, now, yeah, you're about to live two hours away again. Yeah, summer. This last time we're recording during the summer also. Aww. I'm normally 30 minutes away, but during school, I'm two hours away. Goodbye to the summer of 2021. You will you're not be missed. It was a fast summer. No, literally. This summer was just hectic. I think everyone, because 2020, we were obviously locked inside. Yeah. So we didn't, we we did a lot of just hanging out. Yeah. So this summer, comparatively, was a lot of, like, actually doing stuff. So it just felt crazy. Yeah. To compare it back to 2020. Oh. It was so fast and so busy. That. I did stuff every day. That. Most of it, like, work, but and it's like <laughs> it was the still other, stuff. But it's true. It's like you go from... Because you're right. Like, this summer, it was all, like, I wake up, I go to work, I come home, and I either, like, edit the podcast, or I will, like, have dinner plans with one group of friends, and then the next day have different plans with a different group of friends. Like, it's 2020 was, you were, you couldn't even yeah. work for most of the summer of 2020, so you literally, you woke up and just hung out at home all day, and this summer was relatively normal, but just to compare it to last year, yeah. it just seems so crazy. And this is the first summer where we're doing the podcast. That too. We are approaching our year anniversary. No, we're not. 
I think we're approaching the, the year anniversary of the conception of the idea. Yeah. Because that was say. like in November, October. Because we released our first podcast episode in April. May or April. Oh. April I think it was or May. April 14th. Yep, it was. Aw, we have a birthday. <laughs> Aw, how cute. That's so fun. I'm so excited. I love our podcast. I love this. This is so cute. Isn't and it's that only the Homestuck Day? <laughs> it's the day after. Oh dang. It is. Yep. 13. Oh, yeah. my fucking God. Whew, we dodged a bullet there. No, we didn't. That's too close. <laughs> <laughs> Delete the podcast. Delete Start it. over. We're starting over. <laughs> new name, new everything. Oh, my God. Mundane and morbid. Oh, my <laughs> Mundane and morbid. <laughs> you know, when that name was first conceptualized, that's what it was. Really? It was... I forget that I didn't, like, come up with that with you. Yeah. There's a whole backstory to the name. Yeah. Well, we came up, because originally, fun fact, originally this podcast was me and someone else. And then that person, we didn't have, like, a falling out, but we definitely stopped talking. Like, they moved away. Like, yeah. Like, it was a whole situation. And then one night, we were definitely, like, drinking. And it was the first time you ever came over to my house. Yeah, and we just started talking about the creepy stuff we normally talk about literally because that's what we do that this is what we do normally we just have microphones in front of us literally we were talking about the scary stuff we usually talk about we were talking about the fact that we wanted to make youtube channels and all this new games that were coming out literally and i was like bro we should start a podcast like i tried to do it with somebody else and it didn't work but i think it would work with us and then we were like yeah we're doing it and then adam (gasps) what like a couple, like a month later, I was like, yeah, so we started, we were working out some logistics for the podcast, and he was like, y'all are actually doing that? Yeah. I thought that was just y'all being delusional. We and no, we, we really just did it. Yeah. We really said one night, we're doing this, and then just did it. And it works. That's so fun. Like, and it's, it's It so goes fun. to show you, if you want to do something, just start. Do it. Just start getting pa- stuff on paper. That Because we didn't come out, we started that in october and we mm-hmm. didn't publish until april like yeah. we said so it took a little while but we just started writing stuff down Literally. we just started getting ideas on paper and it just kind of flowed from there and every time you came we worked something else out yeah if it wasn't recording we worked on like logo ideas and the ideas for the ghost photo shoot were born yeah. one time and then we just started writing we didn't even take pictures that week or make the ghost sheets that week we yeah. just started writing down ideas of pictures we wanted to take yeah. And then and weeks it was later, the next time you came and we made the sheets and took some pictures, and mm-hmm. then the next time we kind of took other pictures and refined the process. Yeah, and then we took all the pictures before the podcast. Yeah, yeah, or not all of them, but the first Enough. batch so was that there, like our Instagram had something on it. So we yeah, because we just wanted to be able to post a couple yeah. things on Instagram the first few weeks. And since I live two hours away, an hour mm-hmm. and a half away, somewhere in between there. And then we made, like, we set up our, we set up all of our accounts and stuff. Like, I will say, we did come out of the gate, like, swinging. Like, I've been prepared with it. Like, <laughs> the, I wanted to be a YouTuber since yeah. I was 9, 10 years old. I still want to be a YouTuber. I still do. This is a segue to our inevitable YouTube journey. By the way, we're recording a YouTube video. We are. We're going to see about recording a YouTube video. I'm very excited. I'm very scared. So. I was talking to Andy. Oh, well, can I say his name? I mean, don't say his last name. Andy, you know who you are. <laughs> he regularly listens. I love him. Um, Hi, he, Andy. He has a sticker over his desk at work. Like, one of our stickers. Love That's Andy. That's so fun. He's my best friend. Uh, my best work buddy. But 
he I was talking to him the other day and I was telling him like yeah we're recording a YouTube video like I'm super excited and then I was like I brought up the game and I was like have you ever played this game and he was like no like what is it like tell me about it and I told him like the loose concept of like you can only see the monsters at night or when the lights are off you can only hide yeah I told him all these like like the fact that you don't know which one is the dream and which one's reality and he was like that like that just sounds scary yeah I was like yeah now imagine playing it in the dark because that's like that's what we did when we were children total around the computer at the top of our lungs yeah in a room surrounded by windows and other people dude we were we just annoyed them (laughs) the last time we played that game was a trip the lights were on and somebody turned the lights off on us and it happened to be someone in the house just trying to like prank us but i really thought a ghost turned the lights off because that's what happens in the game the ghost turns the lights off yeah and i was like we're done we're done for this is it we're gone i hate us but now we're gonna film ourselves freaking out i have played it in uh, a couple years so i'm excited i don't own it oh really yeah no i just like because it's like it's one of those things that like lives in the back of my mind like yeah we did play that game as children but i never like i didn't buy it like i didn't get super attached yeah we just played on my account right but i'm excited no, I, I haven't too. played it. I also have played. old like horror games that were popular on YouTube a while ago, but I also have like Slender the Arrival <gasps> and Amnesia the Dark Descent. <gasps> uh both great horror games. Can we play FNAF? Do I have the FNAFs? Do you know I don't know if it's all over your free you well, you know that sound that uh what are you doing in my house? I want waffle fries. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um do you know what that's from? No. So apparent it's the Walton Files. <gasps> I, Do you know what that is? I haven't watched it yet. I haven't either. But we it's need like, to. That's definitely like in our niche. Right. I was about to say it's like New Age FNAF. Yeah. From what I understand, it's supposed to be like. I don't know if it is an animatronic. It's like I think it is. I think I think it is. It's some sort of like weird bunny creature. Yeah. So. We'll update you <laughs> when we watch the Walton Files. I've been. I have it in my watch later. Yeah. I want to watch it though. Oh, speaking of watching things, I deliberately waited to tell you this on the podcast. Um, did you know that, you know, the Bone novels? Mm-hmm. Did you know that that's getting made into a Netflix series? No way. Yeah. It was confirmed in 2019. Um, since then, there's been, like, not too many, like, announcements on it. But the original writer of Bone confirmed that he has, like, the writing team of his dreams. <gasps> like, it's going to be a Netflix series. I'm so excited for yeah. that. We were obsessed with the Bone I'm, graphic novels. Like, when I get my return, like, I have a list of things that I'm buying as soon as that return hits my bank account. And one of them is I'm buying the entire series. Like, oh, I that's so want exciting. to read them so bad. Ooh, we don't have the whole series in my house, but we have a, a chunk of it. Yeah. I used to have the the literally just the last one, <laughs> literally just book nine, and it was one of the ones we lost in the family uh, nonsense. Yeah, I'm deeply sad about it. Still sad about it. A little <laughs> bitter, but we're fine. <laughs> um, Should we start? How long have we been? We're about 18 minutes. Oh, in. yeah. Okay. I'm sure we have some stuff to chop up. Yeah. Okay. Well... I really thought that I was a... I'm really excited, side note, for... It's the next one we're recording, but 
episode 21. I'm mm-hmm. really excited about episode 21. It's um, so fun. But the one I have for you today is fun. It's just a ghost story. Okay. So we know how I feel about ghost stories. I love them, but... They are hard to research. Them. But recently, I found the life hack of the century, which is just to watch a Ghost Adventures <laughs> episode and let them pick my topic for me. I, my next ghost, I almost did that because you texted me when yeah. I had a ghost to do. And it's my episode, oh, we're not even going to record it because now we're only recording three. Yeah. The one I didn't do. <laughs> it all works out, baby. God has a plan. I didn't finish it. And I'm going to tell you what I was going to do. Not now though. I was gonna. I'm changing it. If I have time to change it, I'm gonna change it. Okay, mine. I I almost watched a Ghost Adventures episode when you texted me that because I was like, mm-hmm. mm, that sounds good. But then I found something, and I just watched a ton of like YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Some of them Sam and Colby videos, um, uh, stuff like that. Just like other random YouTube stuff. And then a lot of the articles had the same stuff, but there was actually a decent amount just on the random articles. Yeah. For the first time ever. Yeah. There was enough to like kind of build it up. So. I am kind of excited for my next ghost story, but it was still, they're the hardest for no, some literally. reason. Every source, like, s- just repeats the same thing in different mm-hmm. words. Um, and the sa- all the, like, the ghost stories is like, you heard footsteps. And it, I know that has to be tiring to hear every yeah. podcast episode. So it's like trying to find stuff that, with substance, that's not too yeah. over the top. But mine's fun. But recently, side note, I think I sent it to you. It was a video of, you know that guy who sits around a table and he pretends to be the 50 states? And yes. specifically Florida. Love Florida. But they were talking about haunted locations. Yes. And they were listing them one by one. And it was, every time it cut to Louisiana, it was like laughs in Myrtle's Plantation. Yeah. Laughs in Lollery Mansion. Like, it was just, in the comp, like, one of the top comments was like, um, what's the most haunted place in your state? Louisiana. Yes. Yeah. Like, but, side note. But... I I think my problem, I think we've talked about it before. My problem with finding ghost stories is, like, with a true crime thing, you can literally, like, Google true crime. And the videos that pop up are individual cases. It's going to be the case of this, the case of the, the motto case. Like, it's going to give you a 30 minutes of just, like, the spark notes version of this case mm-hmm. and then you can go and google it and fill in blanks yeah to get a something of substance with ghosts you have to know what you're looking for it's very hard to like to to just look up ghosts you're gonna get a lot of like haunted houses places in america yeah it's, it's a five minute long video yeah and like if you look it up you find the things website and it has two like slightly spooky stories and not enough for just one place literally it's very hard you kind of do have to like just listen to other podcasts listen to other youtube videos that are longer and kind of grab names from there and then listen to what they have to say and then obviously do your own research but a lot of the research it's harder to find like articles in wikipedia stuff Mm -hmm. on a lot of the ghost stories so it's a lot of outside it's weirder sources that you wouldn't think of, yeah. like weird articles on no-name websites. And, and that's the other thing is, like, with true crime, like, you can go on Wikipedia and get dates. Yeah. And, like, tangible, like, this this did just happen then. Yeah. And filling in blanks. With ghost stories, you can, you can go on Wikipedia and find history for yeah. a lot of these places, but that's, you don't come to this podcast to listen to history. 
Although it is fun. Although it is fun. And we do sprinkle it in. The amalgamation of John Leon's still is a thing. I re-listened to that clip the other day, and I I cut it to make it into a TikTok because it's literally me just going, and from now on, every character is named John Leon. And we're (laughs) like, what? And I was like, no, every single person is named John Leon. But the way I found this one, let's use that as the segue. Yeah was it was a, a three, it was top three haunted places or something, but the thumbnail was really fucking scary. And I was like, I want that place. Don't even know where it is, but I want to know what's up with that. And it was a BuzzFeed unsolved video, um, and they went to three different locations. The first one they went to was the Winchester Mansion. A wonderful place. Um, but I'm not doing the Winchester Mansion. I figure because you just said it. Correct. <laughs> The second place they went to is the one I'm doing now. Okay. The third place they went to is the one I'm doing next. Okay. Um, so don't watch that video. I guess Got is it. what I'm telling Got you. Got it. Um, and also stay away from season 10 of Ghost Adventures. Got it. Because both of them just so happen to be in the same season of Ghost Adventures. Do you know... That makes it easy for me. ...about the Island of Dolls? Oh, I heard the name. It's like everything else. I, I I couldn't tell you anything about it, but I know the name. The pictures of this place made me want to die. Ooh. Oh, my God. It's so scary looking. And it's it's not even like taking out the haunting out of it. It is just a scary place. Because it That's is always literally... Good. The, the, I liked the word that Ghost Adventures used when they said um, it is infested with oh. dolls. That's crazy. So... Oh. To credit my sources, because I watched three YouTube videos total. <laughs> I watched BuzzFeed Unsolved because they did a very good job. Um, I watched Ghost Adventures because they had a... This is um, cited as one of the most active episodes of Ghost Adventures. It's oh. fucking insane. And, like, at first I was like, oh, I'll just pick a part. Like, I'll just pick a few instances of activity to talk about. No, 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 no. Like They're all good. I, it's so crazy. Ooh. And then I watched Loey Lane. I love Loey Lane. Um, so, that. So, it is, the Island of Dolls is, um, it's in Mexico. In uh, the canals of Xochimilco. Okay. Um, so, the island. I said okay, I knew where that was. Yeah. I don't. Was <laughs> the island is a chinampa, which is, um, it's a man-made garden that okay. the Aztecs engineered. So, it's literally man-made islands and then canals that can access them. Oh. Um, and then this island sits in it. Um, so I'm going to tell you the story first, which, um, to credit, is all from the BuzzFeed video, but also from the Wikipedia page. Like, it's all, everybody tells the exact same story. Okay. Um, and then some people have different theories of, like, you'll see what I mean. Okay. I'm going to tell you the story, and then I'm going to get into the Ghost Adventures episode, because it's fucking insane cool so in 1950s in mexico there's a man named don julian don julian santana barrera okay um there were some in his early life and like with his wife and children there were some things with some overzealous religious beliefs that never comes up again but it is cited in every story so i thought i'd bring it up here um (laughs) For some reason, he had these crazy overzealous religious beliefs that caused him to abandon his wife and children just randomly and then move into one of these chinampas, one of these islands in the middle of the canal on the outskirts of Mexico City, just by himself. Fun. Um, So, 
he lived on this island by himself and the story goes that like one day unclear when um the body of a little girl washed up the story's starting to ring bells yeah it's weird dude but the 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 the, the story goes that she got tangled up in the lilies of the canal oh. and couldn't get out and um her body just so happened to float up onto his chinapa onto his island um and he was s- reportedly so overcome with grief because he couldn't save her oh um so and then he began to experience um inexplic- inexplicable situations after that so after this body washes up suddenly things start happening and specifically he would hear a girl talk to him um like a little girl talking to him and reportedly she would ask for toys or dolls to play with um and then after her body washed up days later a doll followed in the same spot Uh. and keep in mind this is not that old it's like what the 1950s i think like I think he died in when I'll we'll get to it. But okay. like it's this is yeah, it's the 1950s. Like this is not an old story. Like this man was alive to testify to these things for That's... a very long time. Like and he straight up said like I found her. I handled her body and all that situation. A few days later a doll followed it and because he assumed that it belonged to her and it had just gotten lost in the canal and just followed the same path that her body took. Yeah. He hung it up on a tree on the island. Like as a memorial. Exactly, as a memorial to her. Um, and like I said, reasons vary depending on who's telling the story. Okay. So some say it was to honor her spirit. Some say it was to appease it, to try and get her to pass on. Um, oh, because she was still talking to him. Mm-hmm. And some say it was to protect her spirit from demons in the afterlife. Um, regardless, the girl's existence has never been officially confirmed. There are no death records, but things are handled a little differently in Mexico. So, and it was also the fifties. So, yeah, whatever. It was also in the middle of nowhere on an island, right? So, after that, um, he did not stop. At one doll. Where where did he get more? Like, they didn't just fall down the river. Oh, I'll tell you. Okay. I'll tell you where he got more. Okay. Um, he did not stop, and this becomes the creepiest doll collection of all time. So, it's thought that, like, the, the more dolls he hung up, like, the more her spirit would be protected, or, like, the more she'd be appeased, or what have you. Um, he would hunt for lost dolls in the canals or in the trash near the islands. Um, he would hang them up regardless of their state. So often they were, like, it would be, like, a torso. Uh. And he would just hang it up. Or he'd find, like, a full-fledged baby doll and hang it up. Oftentimes it was just a head. Bad. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> um, as the collection grew, so did his reputation. So the more, the more obscene that this doll collection got the more he became known as this island full of dolls. I mean, also, people probably saw him digging in the trash. Oh, like, yeah, that. what are you doing, sir? And he's like, I'm looking for dolls. <laughs> like, that's, that's scary. Dolls. It got to the point where people would come onto his island and trade him dolls in exchange for the produce he was growing. Oh. Literally. 
Um, it was a super bizarre bartering system. Yeah, sounds like it. And also, like, to paint a picture for people who haven't Googled it yet, um, are there, are, there are trees <laughs> on this island. So he ran strings from, like, tree to tree. Like, they're fucking string like lights. Clotheslines. Like, clotheslines full of dolls. Ooh. There are dolls hanging from every tree. There are dolls on every fence. There are dolls on the side of every building. Everywhere you look. There are dolls all over the ground. Like, it, everywhere you look, there is a doll. It's terrifying. Um, so, the compulsion related to the dolls was so strong that some people close to him, because he still did have family, uh, believed he was, like, driven by an unseen force. So some people think he legitimately was, like, possessed um, into into this compulsion that he wasn't in control of himself in some way. Um, some people think it was it was just his way of, like, coping yeah. with being alone on this island. Paranoia. Um, paranoia. Like, it's a whole lot of theories. Um, he hung dolls for 50 straight years. That's a lot of dolls. A lot of fucking dolls. I'll show you some pictures too at the end. Um, and after a while, people close to him said that Julian did believe eventually that like some of the dolls were possessed. Like, there's a lot of testimonies um, about his because he did have family, and like there were people who, like I said, would come and trade produce with him. Um, so, fifty years brings the timeline to two thousand one, which is when. Uh, so. His name is Anastasio. He's um, Santana Barreras. He's his uh, nephew. Okay. So he comes to visit the island, like, semi-regularly. And he specifically on this day, he came to help his uncle plant pumpkins. Um, according to him, he left to work in the garden. And when he came back, he found the body of his uncle floating in the canal. <gasps> was extra creepy was it was the same spot. As the girl? As the little girl. So did... Wait, how did he get in the canal? Did he go in? So uh, many questions. So <laughs> yeah. little time. So <laughs> oh, we got time. <laughs> yeah, that's what um, he, But he was 80 when he died. And after his death, um, Anastasio is still alive and he moved to the island. So oh. he is now like the caretaker. Does he um, get more dolls? I, I so now it's like tourists will come okay. and bring them a lot of the time. He's not like actively seeking. He's not like it's not like a compulsion for him. No. Okay. Um, but he has his own stories about the canal, and also like Don had a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. So I, I get to it later, but like some of his friends will like tell stories about their experiences and what they think actually happened to him. Like it's a whole situation. But Anastasio, he lives on the island, and he claims that, like, dolls will move their heads and whisper to each other, like, talking to each other. Um, He believes that the island is haunted by the girl because at night you can just hear children laughing and giggling. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Um, And he also said that um, Julian used to walk with a cane, and at night you could hear, like, the rhythmic clicking of the cane. So... When Ghost Adventures comes, they do straight up meet with it with me with Anastasio. And the first place that they go is the spot where they found uh, his uncle's body. And he says that when he found the body, there was a fish 
near him, and it was a big fish not native to the area, and as he walked up, it zipped off. But what he thought was, a, like, it was under the water, so he couldn't exactly see it, so it might not have been a fish. Um, but he believes um, spiritually that whatever was there is what took his uncle's spirit. Oh. Yeah. Like I get into it a little later, but I thought I'd introduce the topic now. Um, the second place that they go on the island is a shrine because there was a shrine of course um it included special dolls what does that mean um well one of them was his his favorite um another one was the very first okay and some of them are notorious for like movement so presumably they're special because they're active yeah they're on it um and they're all in like one spot so he says they move in very particular ways. It's not like an arm or an eye. It's like the whole head oh. or the whole torso will pivot and just move. Gross and bad. Yeah. Um, so the whole setup, like, there's legitimately, like, candles inside. Like, it's a whole... It's, it's like a, a shrine. 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 Every haunted island needs one, so... <laughs> It is a straight-up shrine, and in the middle is his favorite doll. Just hit the desk. I talk about her more later. Her name is Augustina. Fun. Augustinita. Um, oh. It's like a whole thing. But notably, um, you can see it in all of the videos, BuzzFeed, because uh, everybody goes to the shrine, obviously. It's the shrine. You can't skip that on your vacation to Doll Island. <laughs> we don't need to see the shrine Literally. of all the best dolls to ghost on that. The the thing that got me, you can see it pretty clearly in the BuzzFeed video, um, is that there are columns holding up. Because it's, like, it's, it's like a shed sort of situation. Um, definitely, like, somewhat exposed to the elements. There is a door, but it's a situation. There are columns, though, holding it up, and all of the columns are so covered with dolls that it legitimately looks like they're what's holding the building up. Oh, that's like bad. floor-to-ceiling dolls. Um, I hate it. <laughs> there are also dolls um, all over every wall, and they're tied in bundles mm. and hung from the ceiling. Like that's just a creepy way to hang them. Balls of dolls. That... W- He's just trying to make it look creepy now. He's an interior decorator. He is an innovator. <laughs> He's man, doing things no one else would think of. Man said, make it a chandelier, but <laughs> make it a ball of literally decomposing dolls. I also, mean, the first doll looks fucked ass up. I mean, it wasn't a river. Yeah. It's like a straight up a baby doll, though. Oh. Like, you know, one of the ones with like the cotton bodies, but like the plastic hands. Yeah. It's one of those. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, that when Ryan of BuzzFeed Unsolved, he goes to approach the original doll, and there's a banging noise that's so loud, he jumps backwards, um, and Shane is so freaked out that he insists they leave. Yeah, it's a thing. Excuse me? Um, Shane? Yeah, Shane. Also, I forgot to mention earlier, um, this island is also infested with spiders, but not like little spiders, like big spiders. That's it. 
How do you pick dolls and spiders to be your island? There are so many shots of, like, literal tarantulas, like, crawling out of the mouths of some of these dolls. And that's also, like, when he approaches the original doll, he hears the banging, he runs away. It scares the spiders out of the original doll. (gasps) It's so fucked up. They start running, and they're running away from dolls and spiders, and it's causing them to run into more dolls and spiders. Like, they're getting tangled. That's straight up a horror movie. No, literally. They're getting tangled up in spider webs. Like, there's spiders all over them. Like, and they're big, dude. Like, it's literally a scene from a horror movie. If, if someone sat down and gave me five minutes to make a horror movie, I would make that. No, literally. I would just say, all right, let's get dolls, spiders, and, like, throw a creepy clown in there. That's the only thing they're missing. There is a clown doll. Ryan, or Shane messes with it, and I think it, it makes a noise at a point. Like, it's <gasps> a whole thing. I have to watch this video. This sounds so good. So. Well, you can't watch it until after the next episode. I know. Okay. So, Now. The Ghost Adventures episode. I'm excited like for I this Like I mentioned one. earlier, it is insane. I'm like, so I didn't know going into it that it is one of the most active Ghost Adventures episodes. Because I've seen Ghost Adventures episodes yeah. before. Like, yeah, they'll get some EVPs and some scary stuff, but it's never, like, crazy. This episode, it's one after the other, after the other, after the other. You'll hear this, you'll hear that. It's insane. Truly. So, this episode is also very fun because if you didn't know, Zach Bagans has an incredible fear of dolls. Wonderful. The host is just painfully terrified the whole time. Wonderful. So fun. And they, I left some of it in. I, I don't know. I'll talk about it. We'll get there. Okay. Um, so, the first thing they do is they talk to a man. His name is Sebastian Flores Farfin. He is the director of the Xochimilco Historical Archives. Okay. He is also he was also a personal friend of Don Julian. Oh. Um, so which means that the story he's telling the crew straight from the horse's mouth. Like he knew this man he's personally. One person removed, yeah. He had visited the island. Um, he's also the director of the historical archives. So one story he tells uh, is about Don sitting on a chair playing his guitar and he said that this way the mermaids could hear him. So that the mer- because the mermaids were there to take him. I know it sounds weird, but uh, the guide mermaids and- came out of nowhere. Yeah, left field. Well, so, I, I, um, yes and no. So the I get into it later. I should I'm, I ordered it with the BuzzFeed episode, but or with the Ghost Adventures episode. There is some talk later about sea creatures. So he might not have been talking about legitimate mermaids Mer- yeah um, no i could see that yeah but you said the word mermaids and i got whiplash yeah i was like what <laughs> <laughs> we're on doll island with spiders and then we have mermaids yeah um but the guide and then the director also explained that um believing in mermaids in this area used to be a thing okay and in some cases like still is like just unspoken like they are real and they will drag you to the bottom of the canals. Like, okay, so that's just like a fun little thing yeah. you like to do in the area. He also tells a story that um, most most of the other sources leave out, but I thought was super interesting. Um, the canals themselves are just blatantly haunted because there was, a, so during the revolution, a lot of people died. And uh, in the canals, first of all, um, so the Mexican Revolution happened in 1911, and the Zapatista rebels ravaged 
Zochi milk ale. Um, it was straight up set on fire. Oh. And then they left a trail of bodies behind them, and the majority of the bodies went directly into the canals. It became oh. a river of corpses. And when they when they cl- they actually went through a few years, not a few years That's ago. That's just like, like the, <laughs> it's like a name of a horror movie. Oh, Doll River, Island yeah. and the River of Corpses. Whoa, <laughs> it's like a metal Trademark. band. <laughs> it's, it reminds me of like Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Yeah, Percy Jackson and the Sea of Monsters. Doll Island and the Sea of Corpses. <laughs> That's intense. But it straight up Who is. Who wrote this this chapter of this Earth. chapter of existence? <laughs> But, um, so most of the bodies went straight into the canals, and it's, the guide goes on to say that when the canals were finally cleaned, it was just skeleton after skeleton after skeleton. Like, they were just pulling up straight up bones. Terrifying. Like, not garbage, not pollution. Bones. Bones. (laughs) Literal just skulls. So, um, they, after this, they are, so they go to the island twice in the ghost adventures episode the first time it's like to scope it out kind of like they go during the day um it's their first time going they they take a little tour around and then they come back later with all of their equipment i respect that i love when people do the like the daytime normal tours and like kind of go through the history of it because i i love history so and it also like when people go at just night and they're like, where are we? It's like Right. <laughs> it's annoying. Like, do your do your research. Do your homework. Yeah. Like, but, um, so, they, on their way the first time, they pass another island, and there's, like, a, a theatrical, like, rehearsal going on on this island, and it's, they're putting on La Lorena. <gasps> Interesting. Straight up. So, they take a detour, and they stop, and they're like, hey, uh, what's going on? Can you tell us a little about this situation? And they're talking to the main actress. Um, side note for those of you who don't know, La Lorena is a story about a woman who drowns her children and then is trapped between this world and the next. She is notorious for being around rivers and canals. And also it's like she's like an archetype. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's also called a woman in white. Yeah. When a mother drowns her children. It's, it's Mexican folklore, right? Yes. Yes, but La Lorena is a person and also, like, a title for um, other women who drown their children. Yeah. She did it first. Anyway, um, (laughs) so they stop to talk to the actress, and the actress explains that part of the show is, like, they build this pyramid, and at one point there's all of the women go up and then walk down together. And the actress explains that sometimes when they go up to the top and start walking down, a little girl will appear and walk down with them. <gasps> Straight up. Just just a ghost will join them on their way down the pyramid. And the, the, it is common, just common belief that this is the same little girl from the Island of the Dolls. Because she doesn't just haunt that island. Like, yes, it's like sort of her home base, but she died in the canals. Yeah, so she's, like, just another one so in the canals. A, right, exactly. She's just another spirit of the canals. Um, like La Lorena. Like, it's crazy. So the actress also continues on to say that the reason... Because she was also familiar with Don. Mm-hmm. Don died in 2001. Like, this is... I was born in 2001. Whoa. I'm his reincarnation. <gasps> 
don't say that shit. <laughs> don't build don't build a doll island. Um the actress says that so the 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 dolls were put on the island to keep the little girl at peace because presumably she can't find her way into the afterlife. Like she's just stuck. Which That's is so sad. very sad. Um especially cuz like the idea of her just being lost and like yeah, just a lost kid. Yeah. Um, so they're they're on their way back to their boat, and a man stops them because uh, he also wants to bring his own stories about the canals. Um, his name is Giovanni Medina. Um, he says that two weeks prior to the Ghost Adventures episode, he was rowing through the canals, and he started to hear a drum beat. <gasps> and as he got closer, it, more, it got more violent. Um, and his heart started beating with it. Like, he thought he was going to have a heart attack. Oh, my gosh. And when he got back safely, his family thought he was so deeply troubled, they got him exercised from a shaman. <gasps> he says that there was a moment in the ceremony that the shaman looked at him and saw something and got freaked out. Oh, um, no. And then the shaman took he the word Giovanni used was he ate it. He ate the energy from Giovanni and then the shaman began to display the similar similar symptoms to what Just Giovanni like was doing. Out. Yeah. yeah. Um and once again this this he was rowing down the canals, you know, the the river of bodies. Like everything about this area is just haunted. Uh, and I also, like, they didn't talk about it, but as soon as I heard drumming, like, that's a thing. Like, I thought about, like, rebels. Like, you're, and, like, if Yeah, wartime. Wartimes. It's a drum beats. Like, that's a thing, right? Yeah. Right? No, cool. yeah, they have, like, whole drum lines in the, in war. So, there are some other things that happen in this episode. I'm so excited. So after they leave the island for their initial... Uh, this uh, this whole episode of our podcast is just a review of the Ghost Adventures episode. It's fine. Um, Sounds like a good time. I, I took it out of my notes, but I'm going to bring it up. Go for it. Because I was like, no, this 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 is so weird and misplaced. So... Because <laughs> it, it is. It's weird and misplaced. Zach, his brain is like haunted dolls. What is another haunted doll? Harold. Harold, one of the most haunted dolls of all time. Zach was like, "What if we bring it to the island and just like see what happens?" You, you have an abundance, and you just want to bring. You think one more is going to change? How well, haunted? Harold is a demon. Yeah, Harold also hasn't. So it's the the thing with Harold. We'll do an episode on it eventually. But Harold has ghosts in him and also a straight up demon. Yeah, so, so this is just a spirits. way for the demon to get more ghosts from <laughs> other dolls. But I, I brought it up because um, when the, the ghost adventures go to talk to a medium about Don and the island, and the medium brings up Harold and is like, whatever you're trying to do, don't do that. <gasps> because, so what they say, and I talk about it later, I get ahead of myself. That's fine. Because I talk naturally <laughs> with the flow of conversation. The energy around this island, weirdly enough, mainly positive. 
Okay. Positive energy. None of these ghosts are particularly violent. I mean, I, I can see that because the, the, he was just trying to, like, get toys for lost kids. Exactly. So. He was just trying to help her, like. Yeah. To keep her spirit, like. Happy. At least not scared. Yeah. Um, so the energy around this island is mainly positive, and I believe it was their guide talked at one point about, like, blips happen when tourists and other people bring negative energy and it's like the spirits are like fighting with each other almost so obviously zach was like yeah let's test that and bring the most negative energy that i can you know a straight up demon um and also for those of you who don't know um a lot of harold's harm comes when you touch him oh so zach was the only one to touch him and he carries him around in a little bag. <laughs> it's like a, it's like, you know, one of those like dog carriers. Like it's like he's just straight up carrying Harold with him. They should have got one of those funny. baby like, <laughs> like a, a baby Bjorn. Yeah. <gasps> Carry Harold around like a baby. Oh my god. So, there they have a translator with him throughout the whole episode. This is straight up just me summarizing the Ghost Adventures episode. I'm here for point. it. It is very interesting, and I thought it was all of note, so I was like, when I tried to trim it down, like, I couldn't. Yeah. Um, so, they have a translator who's traveling with them the whole time, because obviously a lot of them don't speak Spanish. So, their translator, they, they decide to visit a medium, and their translator gets there first. And their translator is just casually conversing with the medium, and she's telling him all this shit that has him, like, freaked out. <laughs> freaked out, because she's just, like, hey, that doll he has with him, don't let him do that. And he's like, well, how did you know? She's like, dude, ghosts talk. Like, I know what, I know that that, there's a demon in that car. Yeah. But the fact that she just was casually like, yeah, don't do that. The cameras were off. Like, this was not for show. Like, she was just talking to him. Like, yeah. Um, so they, they finally sit down, cameras are on, whatever. She tells them that for the past few days, Don has been talking to her. Oh. Um, and at first she didn't believe it was him. Um, but so they, they answered, they asked specific questions to validate his identity. Um, he explained uh, why he has a favorite doll, why she's named what she is, where she is. Um, he, uh, yeah. He, he, he proved his identity. Um, he also says that he wants them to come to the island and drink to him. And the liquor he names is his favorite, um, which is confirmed by both his nephew and his close personal friends. Um, it was a specific alcohol. It was his favorite drink. And I also think it's important to note that this medium was not familiar with Don at all, like some of the other people I mentioned before, nor his family. Like, they're, the only way she would have known that is if someone had told her. Yeah. Because she named it. I, I, I don't speak Spanish, but she named it. Like, she mm-hmm. knew what he drank. Um, she also brought up the mermaids and the big fish. Which is why I left all the weird anecdotes in before. Yeah. Because she explains it. She says that it is not what people have presented it as. It is a big snake that is actually a spirit. It's like the spirit of the canals, essentially. Oh, that's cool because he's long. It is a big (laughs) snake um, that is like it maybe can take different forms, but she just knows it as the snake. And what it does is it wraps people up with his tail 
and drags them down into the canals to oh. join the other bodies. And uh, that the medium says that both the little girl and Dawn were taken I was gonna by ask the if snake. If is that what Dawn was like? Seeing as mermaids. Yeah. Like, did he believe the mermaids are what killed the little girl? Unconfirmed. Okay. But we just know that the little, like, what, because a, a lot of the story I've told is from Don, but secondhand accounts. So, like, when he says that he thought she was tangled up in the lilies, like, maybe later in life that transition, that transitioned from, like, tangled into flowers to dragged under by something. Like, yeah. Unconfirmed. Um, he did talk about mermaids and all that jazz. And then it brings it back to the, the fish that Anastasio saw by his body presumably was not actually a big fish. It was this snake. Interesting. Um, or some form of, like, spirit. river spirit. Yeah. And specifically that it drags people down. Terrifying. I, the imagery of a big snake, because, like, canals are, like, big roads almost. Mm-hmm. The imagery of just this snake traveling around these man-made islands killing people i don't know why but that sat with me (laughs) have you seen i don't know where it is oh my god i always feel so ignorant when i say these things there's somewhere i think it's in the philippines maybe where there is a a cave that looks like at one point it was a snake yeah you know what i'm talking about it looks like a head and then the walls look like a body yeah big snakes not a fan you don't you mm mm-mm have you seen the, the Titanoboa? No. Like the dinosaur snake? No. Big. It's kind of like that people think that that big snake that may be in the Philippines, we do not know, don't quote yeah. us on that, uh, was was one of those. Like how there's giant, me- giant sharks, megalodons. Yeah. Megafauna. Yeah. It was just, the, the snakes are always the fun one. Big snakes just freak me out. And the fact that it's like a straight up like spirit of the canals. Of course it's a big fucking snake. Because it's, like, curvy, like a river. Anyway, uh, the medium also warned them about Harold. He's like, <laughs> don't bring them to the island. And Sack was like, but I'm going to do it. And she was like, but don't. <laughs> but, like, please don't. Um, she also said, like, if you're going to, like, don't touch it. Sack has already touched it. Um, and specifically his arms. Like, one of Harold's left arm was, like, about to fall off. So, and, I, like, that was... Even the owner who lent it to Zach told him, like, beware of his left arm because it's it's dangerously, like, about to fall off. And um, she told them to beware of his hands and his arms. Mm-hmm. Um, after the interview, Zach noticed a bunch of bruises on his arms, <gasps> um, specifically, like, up on his, like, left bicep, Which um, were a bunch of bruises, and, yeah... So, like, I was going to take all this nonsense about Harold out, but they do bring Harold to the island, and some (laughs) stuff does happen. So I was like, fine, I'll leave it in. (laughs) Whatever. So they go back to the island. I'm so excited. So they're traveling in two boats, and um, when they travel, like, one of them is in a motorboat, and one of them is being rowed. So one of them comes, like, 45 minutes later than the other. Okay. So Zach is on the first one. And so is the camera guy. So they show up, and they decide to do a little bit more exploring while they wait for their friends. And 
Zack greets the island, and as he says that, um, there's a sound across, and it sounds like someone ran from, like, one end. Because, like, they, when you pull up, it's kind of like a... When you walk up onto the island, onto the docks, like, you're first faced with a little building, and then it kind of wise out around it. There's, like, little roads okay. and pathways along it, so it sounds like someone, like, ran behind the building. Ooh. Um, so they keep going, and they they decide to take... I, I don't remember if this is what it is exactly, but I'm trying to put it into perspective. They decide to go left, and um, the sound had sounded like it ran from left to right right Mm -hmm. so they go where the sound started and then they turn around and there's just a fire lit um presumably where the sound ended oh it's a straight up fire like not like at first it was like ah a little little ember no (laughs) it was just a fire wait so like stuff could have burned down if they didn't well it was like in a pit oh okay but it was just lit and they were the only ones on the island like so someone either left it or embers resparked or ghost or ghosts um so and like they they revisited over and over again that there were shots of that empty fire pit like there was nothing in it until like they turned around and it had lit itself um so they decide to so their friend their friends arrive with like half of the equipment and what they're doing is they're communicating over walkie-talkies because it's like the guys are like monitoring their sound and their their cameras and whatever like the first boat was just Zach and his like main guy his main friend with his camera and their setup mm-hmm. so it was kind of rinky dinky um so once their friends are set up at home base they also have one of Don's friends with them his name is Pedro he was a very close and personal friend of Don's um, and he is with them. So the investigation be- truly begins when their friends arrive. So they go into the shrine and they try to take Harold out. And um, like, so they're setting up cameras to get better angles. And then a doll starts laughing. Excuse me? Yeah. Like, can you see it? You can hear it. You can hear it. They don't know which doll it is, which oh. is the other weird part. They start, like, I, I get to it. Okay, you know, we're going to tell it in order. I'm not going to get past myself <laughs> this time. You just hear it laughing. That's it sounds like um, like it's a, a battery-powered one. Oh. Um, and it's, like. Even worse. It could be laughing or crying. Like, it's a thing. Um, so... They can't even tell at first because they, they can't tell what doll it, doll it is because there is so many. Um, and they actually, like, run out of the shed because they're so freaked out. Um, and then they go back in. They try to open the bag again. The exact same thing, things happen. Um, so the doll stops laughing when they leave the shed. They come back in, and it's still quiet. They go to open the bag again, and it immediately starts laughing. Keep in mind, this is on the far wall. They're not near this. It's not like a motion-censored situation. Yeah, other people have gone in and it wasn't laughing. Yeah. Um, so, and then the, the camera guy also um, freaks out because he actually thinks someone is outside because he thought he saw someone walk by. There was no one there. Um, they start trying to investigate. They start hitting the dolls on the wall to see if it was like a, a something shifted or something activated. Um, none of them none of them start doing it they start waving their hands in front of them trying to get it to activate nothing sets it off 
bad. Yep. Um, while they're trying to figure it out, uh, they also straight up hear music, like singing, uh, from another end of the island. They go, they walk you, their friends who are still on the boat, they also heard it. It sounded like a woman singing. Um, you can hear it on the Adventures episode. It, it also, like, the temperature rapidly drops in the shed. They get over the walkie, and someone reminds them that the, the, the medium straight up said that the temperature would drop when the spirits were trying to manifest. <gasps> um, they also hear screaming. You can hear it clear as day. And um, their friends also hear it from the boat. Like, it sounds like someone is screaming from the far song, side of the island. And... Zach says that it feels like every time they try and figure out which doll is laughing, something else is trying to pull them out of the shed, whether it's the screaming or the singing or something. And um, they they actually flip over because like they, they kind of narrow down where they think the sound is coming from. They flip over one of the dolls, and it's just straight-up cut wires. Excuse me? Like yeah. it wasn't even no, like put together? No. Gross and bad isn't it so they walkie base camp again and they start cooperating stories um they heard cats fighting because there were cats that lived on the island but then they also all heard a child laughing and then uh one of the friends that pedro who was with them um he's very familiar with this island right Mm -hmm. yeah he knows this island very well yeah so when he says that there is not a doll with the capabilities to laugh in the shed. There's just not a doll with a connected battery pack in the shed at all. Uh, That's pretty... You can believe that. He's been here. He's he never heard it. a doll laugh. And he says it. There's not one with a working battery pack, which makes sense. They flip it over. There's no batteries. The wires are all cut. And yet it still laughed. And it... Twice. Well, three times. Three different times that they walked out of the shed and investigated some other sound and came back in and tried to get Harold out of the bag and it laughed. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Um, and it's all on film. Like this I'm is so just what happened. This. I'm so excited. Um so they they decide to bring Pedro with them when they go back in to investigate and they go to John John Don Don's Don. <laughs> They go to his actual home, like where he okay. where he slept, and they leave him flowers and a doll. Um, this doll can detect electromagnetic energy, and they also have cameras. And they ask Pedro, because like at first Zach is speaking, like and they have a one of the spirit boxes. Um, there, Zach is trying to speak to Don, and nothing is responding, and yada yada yada. So he says, Pedro, why don't you do it? And Pedro starts talking. He like he's saying things like we bought we brought these white flowers because they we know they're your favorite. Like he also asks if Don is uncomfortable with these people, and immediately there's action. <gasps> um, there's a black mass appears on the camera. Billy, who's the camera guy, he sees lights inside of the hut. Um, Pedro brings out the alcohol that was he was instructed to bring, and he toasts Don and. Um, since Pedro can, he can only speak Spanish. So he's told to do a thumbs up if he hears Don's voice. Um, so no voices come through when Zach talks, but when Pedro uses the spirit box, it's instant. Uh, a man is responding back to him in Spanish. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. 
I've never heard a spirit box speak in another language. I've got to see that. So, yeah. And he also says, like, with a translator later, he says that he recognizes Don's voice and specifically, like, the, the lit in the way Don's diction used to, like, the way he used to talk. Um, and he felt like it was him and he, it was a thing. And he, he also thanked them for giving them the opportunity to say bye. Aww. Because he wasn't on the island when Don died and they were very close. So he does thank the Ghost Adventures team because he did get to say goodbye to his friend. That's so precious. Um, so Pedro also gets very worried about whatever doll is like laughing in the shed so he brings a different thing of flowers in there to like try and appease it um so they leave the camera in the hut though so like while they go to do that like they have a different camera with them but the other camera that was set up um and while that's happening uh there's just a figure that walks by you can just see it oh there is just footsteps with it everyone else is somewhere else we have that on camera someone does just walk past um and zach starts to freak the fuck out because he says he feels like a hand run down his back um this is right after they held a mic to a doll and they asked um if they're trapped and um they pick up i don't like her stupid who so one of the theories was that they were talking about there is a well-known female spirit inside of Harold. Oh, okay. So it could be just because they were talking about that. They didn't like the negative spirits. They didn't like the negative spirits. The, something they were talking about, the little girl. I thought that was unlikely. Because the, the medium said it was positive before. Exactly. So that was what made sense to me. I was thinking like, if it went back to, like, if the spirits are, are like, La Lorena. They could be talking about, yeah. like, La Lorena kind of a woman. Yeah. Um... So they finally take out Harold, and they set him down. Um, and they they're using a heat sensitive camera, and it's they set him down. The ground is cold, and as soon as he sets him down, it's warmth, like it's a body. And that's where the episode ends. Excuse me. Yeah, but like the things that happen, like in the the thing that gets me is you can hear them all on camera. You can hear the singing. You can hear the screaming. You can hear the child laughing. The dolls laughing without the capability to laugh. You can just see figures walk by. You can just, see, like, hearing the spirit box of this man who died only responding to his friend because he could only speak Spanish makes complete sense. That like, checks out. And then they ruined it by bringing Harold the fucking doll. Like, why are you going to bring the... He's literally a demon. But they they got, like, stuff. So, yeah. I'm, Shane has said it before, and sometimes, like... Sometimes you got to provoke stuff to get something to happen. I hate that, though. That feels so disrespectful. It does, and I hate it. But, like, there's got to be... there. I, like, I can see why there could be validity in that. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. I want to go so bad now. No. Spider oh, Doll wait, wait. Island. Spider Doll Island. Let me show you some of the pictures of this place, yes, dude. Yes, please. It is just crazy looking. But... I... I remember the first part of that story. I don't know if we went over it in, like, Spanish class or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty famous. Yeah, so... I wouldn't be surprised. I remember, like, the, the story of a guy finding the the girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it rang bells. I don't know if I've, like, researched it long ago. Oh. Mm-mm. Wow, he... Do you see that? This man really was just trying to, like, make it creepy. Oh, that's bad. 
What is that? That's not. Um, yeah, feel free to flip yeah, through. Yeah, I want to go through some. But yeah, oh. it's haunting. Why is that one painted creepy? Uh, was that a Halloween doll, maybe? Maybe, I don't know. My favorite was Shane found a monkey doll that he really liked. <laughs> and Oh, this says, this is, might be where, that's the spot where the guy died, so the spot where the girl was found, too. Yeah, like presumably washed up. Yeah. Oh, the fence is bad. Yeah. They're, like, just randomly placed, too, and some of them are Barbie dolls, and some of them are baby dolls, and it's just a hodgepodge. And, and some of them are old. And stuffed some of them animals. Are new. Oh, the ones up the tree. <laughs> no. And they're strung over, like, string lights. Man was an interior decorator. Yeah, and they're just, like, dirty and weathered, and that one's terrifying. <laughs> Oh, the house. Is that the 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 sh shrine shed, or is that the house? I'm pretty sure that's the shrine, and the the entrance is on like the left wall. Okay. Right there. Yeah, so it's like um, just the side view. If I'm right, yeah. The fence is one of the worst. Cause the shrine, like the entrance to it, almost looks like a barn. Like the doors are really big, and then Don's house is almost like a hut. Like it's. Almost, it's there's no walls it's exposed oh there's apparently a fake one maybe you might not be able to like they might have made a fake one for tourists or something wow. tourists really do mess every good thing up in this, world. this is just a picture that also might be fake <laughs> it's just a map that says the fake ones here the real ones here I'm gonna go to the real one. <laughs> oh my god that's so Gross and oh, the teddy bear on the tree. All right, <laughs> we can go through pictures later. But oh, they'll also all be on our on our uh, Google Drive, which I did fix finally. You can access our Google Drive through um a it's on in, um, through our link tree in our Instagram bio, and there's also a uh, an Instagram like highlight reel that explains like how it's set up. And Wait, I, so is the link still in our Discord too? Yeah, I, okay. I updated it all in our Discord. And, I need um, to <laughs> update mine. Yeah, all of my episodes are up to date, I think. Yeah. And I made all the folders and stuff, so it's I all I got set behind up. when my laptop broke and I yeah. haven't caught up. It's all good. But yeah, that was the Island of Dolls. That was really interesting. And it was just a Ghost Adventures episode. And a little bit of BuzzFeed in there. Yeah. But it was it was interesting because it was like activity, you know. I yeah, was like, I wanted that's to the best. Bring you that's activity. the ghost story part. Yeah. So, and it's like not you can't make a ghost story up. Yeah, and I liked it because like I like being able to say like, you can go on YouTube and just watch this. Like you can just see the the doll laughing and then Pedro saying nope, <laughs> shouldn't be happening. <laughs> Man straight up brought like flowers in there to try and appease this doll because it that's was not crazy. supposed to be doing that fucked up i love ghost adventures that's so fun what quality content how i'm trying to be ghost adventures <laughs> yeah did you see that sam and colby went to the conjuring house yeah haven't watched it yet mm -mm. definitely did though like they definitely went yeah and that's cool i haven't watched it yet either cool we can watch that today ah <gasps> that'd be so fun a group a group viewing just like when we group read homestuck don't remind me of that. I will. 
Do you need an intermission? Oh, yeah, we can take our intermission now. And intermission! <laughs> Spike. <laughs> and we're back. Woot woot. And we're back! <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just solid. Bonjour now, croissant. We we back at Eiffel Tower. We didn't do anything during the intermission. No, we literally didn't. We, <laughs> we stopped the recording and then started it two seconds later. Yeah, I showed Emily our Google Drive and that was it. Literally, that's like that's all we did. Yeah, so it was like a fake intermission. We had to do it for the, you know. Emily has to go home tonight. I do, and then I'm coming back tomorrow <laughs> to do more. But tomorrow will be fun because tomorrow we get to like play games. Yes. And like do editing stuff. And just kind of figure stuff out. Which will be good rather than just like sitting in a room and recording. And then eating food and sleeping and leaving. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be a nice change of pace, I think. Yeah, it'll be fun. Because we were originally supposed to do two tomorrow. Yeah, we do have complications coming up. <laughs> More on that. Never. 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 We will not be triangulating where we record. Yeah, we kind of can't. <laughs> no, thank you. All right. I have a true crime for you today. Oh, yeah, I forgot that we had a whole other story. <laughs> that is why we started recording that again. That is why we started recording again. So, cool. So. Is it uh, good? I think it's a fun one. If you say the true crime that I'm really excited to say tomorrow... I'm doing the case of Jeffrey R. McDonald. No. Good. Good. I'm going to be honest. When you said the case of, I was like, that's it. <laughs> it's got to like, be it. I was like, that's it. Because mine is also the case of blank. I yeah. was like, it's because they all are. Because all of them are. Right. Or their last names, like the McDonald case. I was like. I guess you could also refer to this as... So, we're just going to jump in okay. to our, our man's Jeffrey. He was born October 12, 1943 in Queens, New York. He okay. grew up in a poor family and had a strict dad who, who like, the dad was just kind of one of those parents who was very strict about, like, kid, wanted his kids to be successful. So, okay. just kind of made sure they were staying on their schedules, weren't getting into trouble, and just kind of... Nothing crazy, like nothing out of the yeah. or ordinary, but was just very, very much pushed for his kids to succeed. Mm -hmm. So Jeffrey did well in school and was voted most likely to succeed and most popular oh. by his high school class. He was also prom king. Uh, off, and Jeffrey. in high school, he had a very serious romantic relationship with a girl named Colette Stevenson. Uh, but they broke up in the summer after 10th grade. Uh, unclear why, just high school Not shenanigans. Colette. <laughs> not breaking up with Colette. How dare you? So, since Jeff did well in school, mm -hmm. he earned a scholarship to attend Princeton oh, as and uh, as a pre-med student. So, he was going into medical stuff in 1962. Okay. Uh, Colette went to Skidmore College, but despite being at different schools, the two began dating as college sophomores. Oh, okay. So, they kind of reconnected uh, part of the way through college. And they wrote letters back and forth, and Jeff would also often go to the other college and visit for weekends, like oh, just stay the cute. weekend. And they did like really hit it off again, a really serious relationship mm -hmm. again. Um, 
They were just kind of doing that, going back and forth, focusing on school until 1963 when Colette finds out she is pregnant. Uh, She drops out of school to move in with Jeffrey so they can raise the child together there by the school. So Uh, it is his. Yeah. Okay. Uh, A month later, they get married um, so they can have the kid as a married couple. And their daughter, Kimberly Catherine, was born on April 18th, 1964. Okay. A year after that, the family moves to Chicago. My thing just jumped <laughs> so far down in my notes. They moved to Chicago! <laughs> they moved to Chicago so Jeff can attend Northwestern University Medical School. Okay. I stumbled through the word medical. A doctor. For no, yeah, so he's going medical all the way. Uh, man's is... And, like, still very good at school, very focused with school. He's also has some part-time jobs after school, so Colette can stay home to raise mm-hmm. the baby. He didn't want her to, like, also have to leave and then, then worry about daycare. So this man was hardworking, like, did well in school, was staying, like, good grades, and also working, I think, at, at a point, two part-time jobs alongside that. Good for him. Um on may 8th 1967 they have a second baby girl named Kristen jean so kimberly and Kristen. yes that's cute uh jeffrey completes med school in 1968 and the family moves again to uh bergenfield new jersey i think that's how you say it mm-hmm. uh so and this is because jeffrey gets an inter- internship up there so just flying through with the medical stuff uh this internship specifically he works doing uh, thoriacic, I don't know how to say it, surgeries, <laughs> but, like, throat surgeries and stuff, stuff in okay. your neck. Um, that freaks me out. Because, like, he's the main character, right? Like, this whole time we're going through it, I'm like, okay, he has a daughter, he gets married. I'm like, when does the <laughs> when does the bad stuff start? Because I don't want to be like, oh, good for you, Jeffrey, and then <laughs> it turns out, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm very anxious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so... Yeah. This one year internship was really hard on the family because Jeff worked like 36 hours days sometimes with Damn. only 12 to spend at home before he started another shift. Damn. It was a very in, like crazy hard internship for a I full mean, it's year. Yeah, so it, it was just one of those things, but he, he stuck with it. And, yeah. um, but it was just like a, a troubling time. Jeff was always tired, didn't, couldn't really help out with the kids much when he got back. Right. And Colette was kind of just trying to take care of the two kids at home by herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was, like, nothing crazy, but sometimes, like, arguments, no violence or anything, but just, like... It was it tense. Was, yeah, it was just noted that it was a tense time for the family. Uh, Jeff then enlists in the military in June 1969 and is sent to Fort Sam Houston in Texas for a short training as, like, army physician stuff. So oh, okay. more so medical. He, I was about to say, so Manz is, like, giving up being a doctor? No, no, no he's he an wants army to be, doctor. Yeah, he's going... He wants to be a doctor in the military now. And after that, he volunteered and became an Army Special Forces doctor. A Green oh. Beret doctor. Oh, shit. Like, like he's a doctor. Yeah, like, Special Forces. This man's, like, again, like, was top of his class all the way through, worked his butt off. And it shows here that he, he worked his way up the ranks pretty a fast. Green Beret. Um... He became a surgeon at Fort Bragg, and his wife and children were able to move to the fort with him. So they're all here on the fort. 
uh, Colette at this time was working on a degree in teaching English. She was able to start going back to school. Uh, now that the kids were a little bit older and they were all together on the fort. Uh, by the end of the year, 1969, the family was expecting a new baby. He was due in July. It would be their first boy. Aww. And Jeff had bought the girls a pony because they would soon be moving to a farm in Connecticut. Oh, damn. Uh, the girls were driven to the stable and surprised with the pony on Christmas Day. I just thought that was really cute. That's... Everything's, like, swell. No, every this is, like, the perfect family situation. Like, yeah, we, there were some tense moments, but, like, yeah. high school sweethearts, they're about to, ex- they're expecting their third baby. There's a, when does it go bad? Not yet. The family was, like, by all, like, friends with people in the fort. Everyone said that they, they were all really happy. Uh, a lot was going right for Jeff. He was getting in these high positions, working his way up the ladder. Uh, Colette was super happy to be back in school and to, to like still have the family together again on the fort and all reports great things. Uh, Jeff at this point is now ranked at captain and was attending attending <laughs> planning to attend Yale to further his medical studies Shit. to be an even better doctor. So From this a ma- green beret to Yale. Yeah so he's a, an army special forces doctor and he's like I want more. <laughs> I want more doctorness. Uh, so, on February 6th, after Jeff put the girls to bed, he stayed up watching TV waiting for his wife to get home. She had been out at a teaching class, and she gets home around 9.40, watches some TV with her husband for a while, and then leaves to go to bed. Jeff falls asleep on the couch while watching the TV. So, it's just kind of like a normal night. Mm-hmm. But at 3.42 a.m., emergency services are called and, to- and told, quote, help. 544 Castle Drive, stabbing. And then he repeats the uh, address again and says, hurry. And then the phone is heard hitting the floor. Mm. It was Jeff on the phone, by the way. I didn't say that, but it but was yeah. Jeff who made the call. So oh, no. officers oh, ar- no. <laughs> officers arrive at the house within 10 minutes because they're, they're on the fort. So they, they kind of have the officers yeah. around. And the back door was wide open, and he walked into the master bedroom and ran back outside, yelling for the base's emergency medical staff to be called as soon as possible. Oh, no. Colette and Jeffrey were found first. Colette had been badly beaten and had obviously struggled with the attacker. Both of her forearms were broken. <coughs> she had 21 stab wounds in her chest <coughs> made from an ice pick and another 16 from a... from a knife an ice pick yep a knife in her neck and chest her trachea was severed twice because of this jeffrey had been found with his head on her chest holding onto her barely alive he woke up when help approached him and started repeatedly asking where his kids were Mm. it does not get better oh my (laughs) wait so he was stabbed too yeah this whole time okay keep going yeah uh, he had been stabbed once, and his shirt had been torn up from fighting off an attacker. And we'll get more into that later. Okay. Kimberly, now five, was found in her bed and had obviously been hit many times. <gasps> she was also stabbed eight to ten times oh in the neck. God. She had been hit in the head hard enough to fracture her skull at least twice. Oh, my God. And it, she's five? Yes, and it gets a lot worse. Her two-year-old sister oh, was no. found in her bed in the room across the hall. She had been stabbed 33 times with a knife and 15 more times with an ice pick. What the fuck? She's tiny. That's a lot of stab wounds. There, right. I, how, there was body left? 
to I, stab? I, like, I read that and I was like, that has to be a mistype. No, I like, went and like checked sources and stuff. She's so small. Like, oh my gosh. I feel and ill. Ice pick and the then switched weapons. Pick. Yeah. Ugh. That's so. a big, like, ice picks are big, dude. That's the, they get help for, they try to help. But the three women, are the three females are dead. Jeff is the only one left alive. Some other things to note about the scene. The word pig was written above the master bed in what was found to be Colette's blood. <gasps> a paring knife was found by Colette and Jeff's bodies. The rest of the weapons were found cleaned off by the back door. Okay. Jeff was taken back to the Army Medical Center. He had minor cuts and bruises and scratch marks on his face. He also had a very minor concussion. Uh, the only severe wound he had was the single stab wound that was in between two ribs on his right side. So, like, it, it didn't hit, but it was, like, in between ribs. Did he stab himself? The quote was, quote, clean, small, and sharp. And he was also a doctor. The stab wound. specialized in throat stuff. The stab wound did cause his lung to collapse some, but other than that, he was, he was passed out from the concussion and, like, being battered in the head. Uh, but other than that, no major wounds. Like, that was it. What he recalled from that night was that uh, he did the dishes before going to join his wife in bed, but found out that one of the girls had wet the bed in his spot. And uh, the older girl, the five-year-old, was having issues with bedwetting. Mm -hmm. uh, so this story, to all the friends, kind of, like, checked out, made sense. They had, right. It's happened before. And so he didn't want to wake up his wife, so he just left the mess to be cleaned in the morning. And so he grabbed a blanket from the hall closet and went to bed on the couch. He was woken up by Colette and Kimberly screaming for help. As he tried to go help, he was attacked by three men. One of the men was wearing surgical-looking gloves, allegedly. This is all said by him. There was also a fourth intruder. It was a female in, like, a, a strange big black hat in, like, dark clothing. Um, I just the hat was the main point that he pointed out. Like, it was a weird outfit. Lady Demetrius from... Yeah. <laughs> it all comes full circle. As he fought the three men, uh, the, the fourth person, the girl, stood on the side holding a candle chanting, Acid is groovy. Kill the pig. What? Mm-hmm. This is, this is getting to be a little much. His PJ shirt had been ripped over. <laughs> his pajama shirt had been ripped over his head and, like, stuck around his wrist. They were, like, trying to get it off, and he was kind of holding on mm -hmm. to it is what I understood. And he used the balled-up shirt to block the ice pick. And there was, like, there they have the shirt. There's ice pick holes in the shirt. So the reason he wasn't stabbed as many times as he's saying is because he had that kind of, like, ball of cloth to block yeah. it off as he struggled. Uh, it was, he was hit behind from a board and knocked out, though, while he was struggling with the person attacking him with the ice pick. And that's what he remembers from the attack. When he woke up, he tried to revive each of his family members, but was unsuccessful each time. He then called for help. Officers were told to search every car in the near fort for the four intruders. So they just started every car in the fort. So he, he used the, the shirt. So wait, wait, let me get this straight. He was the last one stabbed? In, in this scenario, they went upstairs. The screaming is what woke up, woke him up. Mm -hmm. They come down to him. They knock him out after he blocks off, like, 
after he blocks off like the ice pick and all that jazz and then he wakes up on on her chest no he wakes up and tries to go revive them he, and okay. winds up passing out on, on her, her trying yeah, by to the, revive her yeah gotcha understand um so they start a search instantly for cars in and near the fort looking for these four intruders they like put up the description of the lady in the weird hat mm-hmm. um there was a report that someone saw a lady in a weird hat that night oh it was dark um and they she wasn't in a car she was walking and she was alone and they don't know where she went um more on that later okay (laughs) so noted as the case goes on obviously some issues start to arise first issue jeff was a trained army special operative who had studied unarmed combat for years i don't mean that yeah it was four against one but to have no success and he was also a grown-ass man a, a, he was like a, a tall dude and he was strong he was trained for years in unarmed combat green berets are said that they can kill people with their bare hands literally and this man something about got taken out by up. acid junkies first issue <laughs> first issue <laughs> so it was also uh really odd that the place where he supposedly fought for his life as a green beret by these three men wasn't really all that disturbed the coffee table was knocked over and there was a plant on it that was knocked over but other than that it what there wasn't that much going on uh so like it didn't seem like there was much of a struggle mm. and for a green beret fighting three people you mm. you'd think there'd be some struggle okay so also uh he like like i said he would by his words he was facing what he claimed were just like acid junkies so how like if they were on acid or maybe not even they're they're just like these random people who somehow got onto an army base yeah there's and failed no way in, in an unarmed combat operative and why would they target... Had no success over any of them? Yeah, and why would they target him? Why an ice pick? Why would they clean the weapons and leave them by the back door? Like, some of this just feels wrong. It just is bad. <laughs> the neighbors also claimed to have heard a noise, uh, like, no noises of struggling. Oh? They weren't woken up by anything. They didn't hear yelling. Um, they, they did hear earlier in the night than what was reported, Colette shouting angrily about something. But not like screaming for help, though. No, like it they seemed were like in an they were in a fight. Yep. So something's not looking good. Another for this issue: man. the fibers from the torn PJ shirt couldn't be found in the living room, where it was allegedly ripped, where he, where it was stabbed with the ice pick. Where were they found? The fibers were found in the other rooms. So Jeff claimed that the shirt had been torn off in the fight and left in the bedroom before he went and checked on the girls. So how like? There was a lot of the fibers found in the girl's room, though. So that piece of the story... Some not of why this not, is weird. Why not, like, concrete, just, like, added to the other stuff, kind of starts piecing together what, yeah. what's going on. The piece of the fiber was also found under Kristen's fingernail. Oh, no. Splinters from the wood were found in all three bedrooms as well. Splinter? Wait, what wood? The, oh, I'm sorry. I might not have said it. The, what, oh, the wood that hit him over the head. Yeah. Okay. You um, did mention it. I just didn't. I was like, oh, they knocked him out with something. I was like, oh, wait, 
Not but what's significant? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Where's no. The fuck did they get a wooden board? It. Uh, we talk about it later. It. It. It appears to be out of like. I think it was one of the closet. Okay. There was like, I don't know if it was. I'll talk about it later. Um, I trust you. <laughs> no blood was found on the phone used to call for help. Which after this point he had been trying to revive three bodies. He said. Right. No blood on his hands. Been, um, and like you're not gonna take time to wipe the blood. Also off bleeding hands. out. Yeah. No. Um, Dude, you're sounding sketchy. A tip of of a glove finger was found under the bed where the word pig had been written. And he did say one of the intruders came in with what appeared to be surgical gloves. Okay. Uh, more on that later. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to. No, I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> we talk more no, about it later. No, I'll say it now. There were gloves in the kitchen. A box of gloves in the kitchen that were Jeff's. And these... The tip of that glove mm-hmm. matches I, Jeff's gloves. Uh, <laughs> another issue is that Jeff said the intruders had very wet shoes because it had been raining all night. No footprints were found inside except a single footprint of a barefoot made by blood in one of the girls' bedrooms. So n- there's no appearing of like muddy, wet shoes coming in or like Dude. by the door or anything. Um, after some time, when the forensic evidence was finished being analyzed, even more started to conflict with Jeff's story. So, this, there's a, a side note here, though. Something that really helped the forensic team in this case was that each member of the family had a different blood type, which isn't that, like, common. Is that possible? Yeah. Okay. It's just very unlikely that it can happen. Uh, but... The fact that it happened with this family really helped them map out what exactly happened mm-hmm. because they could track every member of the family using the different blood types. That's kind of cool, but also terrible. I just thought that was a really cool fact. Yeah. Like, the chances of that happening happening are really slim. Yeah. And, but it just really helped this case. Okay. So, an example of this, Kimberly's blood was found on the shirt that was said to be off by the time Jeff had found her body. Also, I knew I couldn't trust him. <laughs> yeah, no. Also, Jeff's blood was only found in pools near the kitchen cabinet that contained his surgical gloves and near the bathroom sink. Wait. In the kitchen? By the gloves? Mm-hmm. The, by the cabinet that had the gloves. And then in the bathroom. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep a mental layout. I made up a I house bring, in my head. Yeah, I bring up some of it again. There are layouts of the house too. We can look at after. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to piece together his lie and then what actually happened. Yeah. Did I ruin the twist? Did I guess no, too early? No. Or is it just meant to be predictable? It's just obvious. He, dude, <laughs> you're in the army. Lie better. It, but like I almost did it kind of how you talked about. Uh, Oh Jennifer God. Pan. Jennifer Pan, where you started with the real crime. But it was just, like, I started writing it like that, and I scrapped it. Yeah. Because it just wasn't a good lie. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, it was like, there was some shock value when you talked about, you know, a child getting stabbed 32 times with an ice pick. But, like, at some point, like, something just doesn't. It's, mm, it, like... I, I, like I said, I started writing it kind of like how you wrote Jennifer Pan. And it just, as soon as you start talking about the scene, it's obvious. Yeah. What's going on here. As soon as you said that they were all stabbed upwards of 10, 20 times and he was stabbed once. Yeah. That's like, 
once you say that, you know something's going on. Because usually isn't the thing, correct me if I'm wrong, but home invaders, don't they usually target fathers first? Yeah. Because like, they're seen as the, the protector of the house. Exactly. It's the alpha male situation where it's like he's gonna he's the biggest threat. Why would he be the only one left alive if he's the biggest threat? Yeah, because no. they're also on an army base where he's a green beret. Yeah. And they leave him alive? Yeah, no, Mm-mm. that doesn't make sense. He was also downstairs, right? Or wait, is this a two-story house? I believe so. Because the way no, I'm picturing it, because he, he was, de- regardless, he was in the living area. Yeah. Oh, wait, they came through the... They came through the back door. The back door. But they would still have to pass him first, right, to get into the bedroom? Yeah, but he was sleeping. No. That's when you you stab him in his sleep. If you're trying... No. No. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Like, it... Too much just isn't smart. That's just not cohesive. And, like... He he couldn't fight off three people as a green beret? And, like, you mean to tell me that three home invaders didn't take out sitting duck dad? Yeah, they waited for him to wake up. They went around him to get. I believe it's one story. Also, I believe it is a one-story house. That's worse. Yeah, that's worse. It was just the hallway. Uh, We'll look at pictures after because it is it's an interesting layout. But you can there's a lot of them showing like the movement of the house because, like I said, they can track the blood, so Mm -hmm. they know exactly what happened. Um, But yeah, damn. It just doesn't make sense. So, yeah. That's why we started with his history. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, Kimberly's blood evidence also showed that she had entered the master bedroom. So, why was she found in her bed? Home intruders wouldn't move the body back to the bed to continue to attack her. Her blood was found in the mm-hmm. in the master bedroom. Mm-hmm. In the doorway of the master bedroom. So she came to see what was happening to mommy? Yep. Gotcha. That's worse. But yeah, I go back through it with, like, the what actually happened. What actually happened. happened. Yeah. Okay, so... I will stop talking. No, you're good, you're good. It. You're fair to ask questions because it raises a lot of questions. I'm just so deeply confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what really happened? Oh, thank... <laughs> oh, what a convenient timing. Yeah. Forensic specialists believe that Colette and Jeff got into an argument, like what the neighbors hood, over something while in the master bedroom that Makes night. Uh, some people believe that uh, Kimberly did wet the bed, and so that that's what they were fighting over because this did happen often. Okay. And so it was a fight over, like, the kids not acting right, like, something like that. That's just a theory, though. There's no way to prove that. But anyway, it was just, like, an argument. Okay. Um... So, Colette then turned physical and threw a hairbrush at Jeff. Ah, yes. Turning physical is throwing a hairbrush at a green beret. No! Yeah. Man's could have... So, (laughs) Jeff retaliates first with bare hands, but eventually with the lumber. Oh, he started with the wood. He he started just hitting her. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then knocks her out with the wood. Man's went into a closet and grabbed a piece of wood. Yeah. What a sight. Kimberly then walks in, probably because of the commotion, and her dad hits her with the board. Kimberly is mortally oh wounded God. by this hit and is put into a coma. Oh, my. Jeff then carries her to the bed, and this is where he stabs her. She's already completely comatose. So she was the first one stabbed? Yeah. 
Oh my god. He then goes to Kristen's room, but Colette, who has woken up at this point because she wasn't killed by the hit, stumbles in and throws herself over Kristen, trying to protect her. This explains why they find a decent amount of Colette's blood in this room, even though she supposedly died in her room. He kills them both and wraps Colette's body in a sheet to move her back to the master bedroom without leaving a trail. He messes up, though, and Colette's blood is the one making up that footprint I talked about earlier. Oh. So I they can see this. that she, he was, she was moved out of the room. Right. After dying this on the bed. This is terrible. Yeah. Uh, he then begins starting to stage what happened. Oh, my God. Wait, 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 wait. What about the other daughter? She was she was stabbed like hit with the the board after Colette's finished being killed and stabbed. So 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 so. I think I think she was hit with the she wasn't hit with the board. Wait wait wait. What what's 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 the name of the younger daughter? Kimberly, I believe. Or I thought Kimberly was the older one. Am I getting them confused? They're, they I'm, started with a K. No, you're. I'm Kristen. Sorry, Kristen's the younger ask. one. Yeah, no, you're Kristen's good. The Kristen's younger the younger one. one. So that, oh, so that was the one Colette threw her body yeah. over. Okay, I thought she was doing it with the other daughter. No, Kimberly okay. was the one that was hit with the board, moved back to the bed. Colette's still knocked out at this time. So he okay. does all the stuff with Kimberly mm-hmm. first, and then as he's doing, going to do the same with Kristen, Colette comes in. And, and it, throws her body over. Yeah. Okay, and then he moves Colette. And then he kills them both. And then he, Oh, he kills them both in that room mm-hmm. and they, then moves Colette. Yeah. Okay, and that explains why they were the ones stabbed with ice picks, mm-hmm. right? Because it wasn't Chris Kimberly wasn't. Let me double check. I that. don't mean to. I'm no, you're so good. Sorry. It's so I can't keep the name straight without looking at them. No, you're good. Like they all because it's Kristen, Colette, and Kimberly like are throwing me, and then I'm trying to keep. Yeah, let me let me double check that before I. I say one way because I remember up. I thought it was weird that one of them wasn't stabbed with the ice pick and it was the older daughter right she was just stabbed and had uh, head trauma right uh, not the fact checking yeah it was ju- it, she was just stabbed with the the knife and I then head trauma and then mm-hmm. the other two who were in the same room as each other the both ice got pick. picked yeah ice picked I can't. Ooh, let me find my plate. Where the fuck? Why was the ice pick in the little girl's room? I think Jeff just had it. Which is worse because that means he went into that room with an ice pick. Yeah. And Colette was only ice picked by accident, but he was gonna ice pick his youngest daughter. Actually, we get into the ice pick with Colette in a little bit. Okay, 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 okay. Um, please tell me your story. I'm. I'm no, I have to find my spot, so you can keep. This is like a. I can't wrap so, my head around this no yeah so he messes up he leaves the footprint and then he starts covering up and staging stuff investigators believe he was inspired by the manson family murders in oh. his cover-up because they found a magazine in the house containing articles on manson wow on the the coffee table that was knocked over what a he great put on his surgical gloves and used colette's blood to write pig on the headboard so he was the one that wrote that obviously well, yeah and then he draped his pajama shirt over her and stabbed her many times with the ice pick to make it look to like his shirt was like stabbed he, was he then cleaned the weapons and dumped them outside the back door then he took a scalpel and stabbed himself in front of the bathroom mirror that's why there's a pool there um he was a doctor, so he knew where to stab, where he wouldn't die, but it could cause some damage to look like a, a pretty intense wound. 
Um, but it wasn't. They said it was kind of like shallow and sharp. And it was only once. If you had stabbed everybody else once, yeah, it would have made. Like I would have seen it, but no. So he disposed of his equipment and called the police, and then finally laid down on his wife that he had just murdered. I can't. So Jeff is brought into an interrogation under the the guise that they still trust him and they believe his story. He was first asked to reaccount what happened that night, and he again gave the story story about the intruders, mm-hmm. investor investigators. <laughs> then asked if he had made the stab wound himself. They just come out with it. They were like, "So did you do that?" Uh, and they asked him if he stabbed himself. Yeah. Okay. Jeff quickly denies it. Then the interrogation brings up the the boatloads of forensic evidence that contradicted all of his story. Mm. He's flabbergasted by this because he claims uh, that he has told nothing but the truth. Obviously, he's going to stick with his story. So he's like, I don't know why the forensic evidence isn't showing what I'm saying Mm -hmm. because I would not lie. (laughs) Um, But he just did, though. He also claims that none of the weapons even came from his house, but investigators had found that the board matched wood in Kimberly's closet. So, like, leftover building stuff or like something. Like they were redoing her closet or something. Yeah, some, something like that. It was the same wood, pretty much. And they also discussed the fact that there is no good explanation as to why he would be the only witness left alive. We said that earlier. It was such mind. They didn't even try to kill him. Yeah. And he's the biggest threat to them. And it also, at that point, seems like they're coming after him as, like, seeing him as a, a pig for being in the, the army or something. Because pig is usually... Ret- is Right, that's what I thought, but I didn't want to ask. Yeah, pig is usually used for, like, officers and stuff. Right. Like, yeah, it's like it- a derogatory term to, to police or military officers. And that's kind of what he's trying to stage here. Right, that there was an attack on him because he's military. Yeah, because in, like, the government's against acid <laughs> or whatever. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. What did this man think he was fucking doing? Okay, so... They, they tell him about the, the lack of evidence of a struggle, especially in the room where he fought. Uh, again, he's just kind of like, has no good excuse, just kind of sticks to his story. So they go after more questions like this. He, he just starts becoming like aggravated with investigators, saying that they can't find anything and they just want to frame him so they can complete can keep their 100% soft homicides rate on the base and that they're just framing him so they can be seen as good guys and that why wouldn't they believe him he's an officer and just goes on and on and attacks like all the stuff they're saying wow Uh, that's a good look buddy (laughs) yeah that looks great uh (laughs) the investigators then shut him down by pretty much saying that they have no evidence on the people on like people who had like went in the house yeah there's no there's there no w- proof that those people ever existed yeah. besides like a sighting of someone similar to the description but that could have just been someone jeff saw outside and yeah. described there is a girl uh in the town that like near the base that had like gotten in trouble for acid before and had gotten into some trouble like wasn't a great citizen had gotten in a lot of trouble and been arrested before that a lot of people started believing it was her but like she had an alibi yeah i I didn't write too much on her she comes back up a little at the end but it's like he's lying yeah (laughs) he's not involved (laughs) um i can't i can't with this man like 
I can't. I can't. <laughs> they also point out that these people were just lucky to pick a house that the back door was unlocked. Yeah, no. In an, how'd they get in the military base? How'd they pick the house, the one house they picked be the house with the unlocked back door? How the fuck did they get into the military base? <laughs> you don't, you can't just walk onto a military base. It is like one of the neighborhood parts. I'm not sure if this base like has a separate neighborhood part, so maybe. Yeah. But I believe you still have to go through like, a like, security gotta check. There's like, clearances. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, so... Jeff had originally agreed to a polygraph test when they were believing his story, but changes his mind within a couple minutes of being interrogated. How convenient. Yeah. So we're just going to jump to the trial because we go back and talk about some of the other okay, stuff cool. with the trial. I didn't want to like keep repeating no, the same you. thing. So the defense took up the stance that the forensic evidence couldn't be trusted because a lot of the evidence was lost when police initially arrived on the scene and trampled all over the evidence so they're saying oh. kind of similar to what happened in the john benet ramsey yeah too many people had rushed in touched a lot of stuff moved a lot of stuff to get to the bodies trying to save them mm-hmm. uh How so convenient that none of the evidence could be trusted um they also that's side- what happens in murder trials don't <laughs> trust the evidence the police were there <laughs> what i can't what <laughs> They also cited the fact that some evidence had gone missing through the process. Jeff's wallet had been taken by an ambulance driver. So they were like, we can't trust any of it because obviously some of it's been tampered with, some of it's stolen, some of it's trampled over. And they also forgot to take child- the, the fingerprints of the children to use as comparison. They were, they were more worried about like the guy they thought was dying. And stuff like that. So it was kind of an oversight. And they, they took only Colette's and Jeff's. But they were they were five and two. Yeah, what did... What did they do? What would... At this point, they think it's a home invasion. What would they need to take would, their fingerprints right, for? Like, the lack of getting their fingerprints seems irrelevant. Yeah. Especially also the weapons were cleaned off. Yeah. Like, what would their fingerprints be on? It's their house. They stabbed themselves 33 times. I can't. They, they, what would the, getting their fingerprints do? Someone said to track them, and they were like, we had the blood to do that, yeah, buddy. You can't trample over different blood types. Like, I, But I guess you could make the argument that maybe one of the home invaders had, like, the same blood type. Yeah. Which, I get that, but also there was no proof that those home invaders existed and they also have like the bodies are in pools of blood and there's <laughs> like, literally no other dna evidence to prove that any of them are real there's no unknown fingerprints in that house yeah or that they like right that they collected that, that was it, yeah. relevant the weapons were cleaned yeah dumb dumb yeah. they're grasping at straws here they have to defend jeff <laughs> they have to defend, defend jeff who ice picked his two-year-old <laughs> The first witness on the stand was the the policeman responding to the emergency call. So that first guy that ran in, he claimed to have seen a woman that fit the description of the fourth intruder standing on the corner, like I said. And uh, he remembered it because she did have that, like, weird hat that they they talk about. They just say it's, like, a big black hat. Um, And So Jeff saw her outside. No, the policeman saw her. No, I mean, but, like. Jeff, Jeff saw, saw her in the area. Was like, ah, yes, that is my, that's my She was, attacker. it was really late, and she had the weird hat, so the policeman did remember seeing her, but she was alone, she wasn't running, she wasn't holding anything, and it was, like, right after the call, so, like, 
I don't know. Right. So she should have been long gone. Yeah. It was stuff like that. It's just like he brought it up because he did remember seeing it. So it's fair to, to be questioned yeah, about I'm that. But it kind of didn't go anywhere. No. Uh, he also testified that he had seen some people move objects around before they gathered, gathered evidence. So some people believe that the, the table might have been flipped over to get evidence under it, which just hurts their defense even no, more. Literally. Because that means there was even less of a sign of struggle in there. I... But it's going back to that thing that the the defense acts that to show that some stuff was moved, so it was all trampled over. I mean, oh my god, (laughs) I can't, I can't, I can't with this. Uh, So when Jeffrey went on the stand, he told his story again, but had chained up some details this time. Great. For example, he admitted to moving Colette's body, uh, but for like other reasons, of course, and it wasn't from room to room, it was just like onto the bed he okay. was saying like it what he didn't move her onto the bed from the other room yeah he moved her from the floor or something right like it was just a, a small but move. like little notes of the fact that he lied the first time he told the story yes he started yeah. to, to change it to try to match what they're figuring out that they told him in the investigation so never a which good just makes you look more suspicious literally <laughs> Stick with your story at least. At least. Better yet, don't ice pick anyone. He also said that he remembers washing his hands before checking his injuries and calling for help because he, like, was still in shock and was in habit from it from his surgical background. So, like, sanitation-wise, he was, like, once you're done with surgery, you clean all the blood off, you, you reset before you do any next step. See, I don't know if I believe that. Uh, like, I, I... Well, I mean, at this point, we know he killed his family. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, is that really... Is shock a good enough excuse to say, yeah, I washed my hands before I called the police? I, like... I I could see that more than some of the other stuff he's lying about. Yeah. Because he has been in the medical field for so long, and that is, like, a... a he wouldn't be shocked by the sight of blood on his hands. Yeah, he was shocked by, like... He was stabbed and attacked and then tried to revive his family and couldn't. So instead of calling, he's just kind of, like, completely overtaken by, like, on autopilot. I get that. And that's kind of what shock is in a lot of people. Like, some people just completely shut down and some people start, like, just doing, trying to to go back on routine because your brain craves routine. So I could see it, but again, he killed his family. (laughs) It's kind of obvious. Right, like, at this point, we just know that he did it. (laughs) Um, so, uh... But it's, again, he's changing the story because the police say, like, why was the phone clean and why was the pool in the bathroom and yada, and yada, yada, the yada. The convenient place to change your story is on the stand. Yeah. What? <laughs> A pathologist noted that the, the man lacked sadness and anger about what happened to his family. Cute. He received an honorable discharge from the military. But then... The charges were dropped. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you hit me once and then you hit me <laughs> twice. You hit me. It was one after the other. It was one after the other. First, an honorable discharge for murdering your entire family. Second, the charges were dropped. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, they claimed that they needed more evidence. So a task force went to work to do better. They didn't want the ruling to, they they were, like, 
kind of push to get a drop once the, the court was kind of talking like we need the, some of this evidence the fact that some of it was taken and trampled and they can prove that it started like bringing doubts into the room so they were like look we're not trying to double jeopardy this we're yeah we don't okay i get it I they get it. they were just like we're getting all of the evidence we're shutting this down and we're putting this man in jail okay okay i can respect that i um, can respect that so i he, thought you were about to tell me that like someone like interfered with his trial proceedings and was like i don't know okay, yeah continue, i i read that and i literally was like so aggravated I, <laughs> it keeps going though it, it we, we do have more to the story so he was still a suspect but he was free to do as he pleased so he moved away and became a rich doctor is what <laughs> he did because <laughs> uh, that's what you do after your family's murdered. During this time, his father-in-law grew very suspicious of him and was even hiring his own private investigators. Pop off. Because I love it when that happens. He, like... Family takes things into their own. Yeah, yeah. he was like, like, I can't let my daughter's murderer get away with and this. And his grandchildren. At first, the man kind of, like, was sympathetic to what happened, but he very quickly grew suspicious of Jeff. I mean, at some point, you just gotta accept that Jeff did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, he got on his like just he wasn't waiting anymore private investigators was like very involved in like what the police were doing he just wanted to to get that like closure for what happened to his daughter good for him so like this hire that pi yes it was great and he 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 found out that jeff had been cheating on colette (gasps) and began dating weeks after the event and, like moved with him yeah this man ruined his happy little family for an affair yeah this man murdered his happy little family for an affair yeah okay i'm over it <laughs> i'm over it i'm over it so after getting even more info together to prove that he's guilty because he is uh and they they <laughs> They ran into trouble trying to restart the trial because he was no longer in the military. <gasps> it was at first a military trial. Oh, because the military, yep. Cause so they, they when tried in their, they're tried in their own court systems, yep, right? Yep. So when he was discharged, it can no longer be like in a that military court. trial. Yeah. Yep. So they had to jump a lot of legal hoops, but it took and it took a couple of years, like a, a few years, but they eventually get a hearing. So, nice. FBI investigators further prove that Jeff was lying by discovering that the shirt was covered in blood before it was torn up. They I ha- love the FBI. Come through. Yes. Come through criminal I love lines. that this Come has the lines. military police, the FBI, and private investigators were all like, we're putting this man to jail. It, I love how everybody just agreed. <laughs> like, no, no, he did it. Yeah. Cause, like, <laughs> we're going to put him in jail. Come so, through FBI. Come uh, through Spencer Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Spencer Reed. So. I have his necklace. Uh, <laughs> I bought it, a replica of Matthew Gray Goobler's necklace. It was $50. <laughs> it's a switchblade. Oh, yeah. I remember now. Sorry. Continue. So they, they, they say that the shirt was covered in blood before it was torn up. They can tell by the way it tore because it was saturated. Oh. Like, or not saturated. Um, so the fact that it had blood on it before mean that. It wasn't stabbed, but it was in his hands, like he's claiming. Uh, and they can also prove that most of the blood on the shirts is Colette's, not his. wasn't coming from his wound. So another issue 
that it like that comes up is the knife found next to Colette that Jeff allegedly pulled from her body matched none of the wounds on her. It was a different weapon. Oh my god, Jeff. <laughs> oh my god, Jeff. Uh they ins- like a different weapon. So they they insisted that they all matched the knife found outside. It wasn't like all three people were stabbing her. One knife did it, and he tried to make it look like there was two knives involved to make it look like multiple people multiple. stabbing. I gotcha. So, oh my god! But he didn't actually stab anyone with the other knife. So. Oh yeah, he was too busy ice picking his two-year-old. Yeah, I can't. I'm still thinking about that baby. I know. I like. It's. He's so sad. Okay, keep going. So, after, <laughs> he's again charged with uh, three accounts of murder, and he's brought to trial and pleads not guilty still. Idiot. So, they do get, after the hearing, and the FBI and everybody shows their new evidence, they are allowed to try him again. Nice. Um. So, but he's <laughs> sticking with his story. So, the the defense even tried to rebuke some of the evidence found through the shirt, so uh what the FBI does to prove it, they do an impromptu rendition of the scene acted out by by them. They just get a shirt and start acting it out. Oh shit. To like show the difference in the the, the wounds. And like show how the holes were made. You and, like, know it's a bad case when you're reenacting shit in the court. It was like that happened of, with Jennifer Pan too. They made her they made her show them like could you physically get your phone out of your pocket? Yeah. Is it physically possible? Yeah, these guys just that wasn't planned at all, and they said, we'll show you right now, and just started doing it in the courtroom. Pop off. And I thought that was a... FBI? FBI? It was FBI? Mm-hmm. Dr. Spencer-Reed. <laughs> They're going to prove it. Prove it. So Come through, FBI. The trial continues in this manner for a while, like, going back and forth, Jeff sticking to his story, defense saying that Jeff, you can't the trust the up. evidence, uh, and it, it, it comes down to decision time. The jury talks for about six and a half hours before they reach their verdict. Jeffrey McDonald was convicted of one account of first-degree murder and two accounts of second-degree murder, saying the murder of Colette was planned and that his daughters were not. Okay. Um, He was given three life sentences. Good. Yeah. Give him more. Give him more. Keep him uh, in jail forever. He was he has tried to appeal, and one actually worked, and he was released from prison for a while because he had been denied the rights to a quick and speedy trial since the second attempt at the trial was nine years after the event, mm-hmm. and they were different trials because one was military That's, and one was like I hate this man. Like a, He's getting through on fucking loopholes now. Yeah. So the Supreme Court overruled this because <laughs> the legal issues faced because the second trial had to be a civilian trial. So they were like, the only reason you waited is because of the legal system. Yeah. It, like, we couldn't have done it any faster. It was given to you as fast as you can. And so he was returned to federal prison. Good. <laughs> and uh, he is still in federal prison in Maryland. Uh, and his family was initially buried under his surname. But after the trial, they changed the gravestone to Colette's maiden name. Aw. And he still claims to be innocent. Yeah, shut the fuck up, Jeff. I thought that was the sweetest thing ever, though. That, that they, they changed the names, that they, yeah. That they didn't have to be buried under his name. Good. The children, too? Yeah, okay, all three. Okay, um, Under Colette's maiden name, even though that wasn't their name. Um, I don't... That's a whole other conversation for a different day. But the fact that children, by default, are given their father's last name annoys me. It's interesting. 
I hate this man. I think it's it's called the the Green Beret case also. It's a very famous case. It's older. My mm-hmm. I actually learned about it from my mom, who was also big into true crime growing up. And it was one of the first crimes she remembered being interested in. She act she read the book that came oh. out about it that like was put together after all the trials and remembered a lot of the case. So after we talked about it for a while, I went and pulled some more research to get dates and like accurate names and like kind of i didn't want to just retell what she told me yeah. so i i i, I fact checked it and uh mom told was it. right yeah <laughs> and so that is how i learned about this case i thought it was fun that it, it i come from a lineage of people and <laughs> true crime so that's cool um and not it, the whole murdering his family it's thing, also like a very disputed case some people believe he's innocent that's dumb yeah did no, you like not look at the list of forensic evidence? I'm so sorry. Or but circumstantial evidence? Or any of it? And at some point, like... Some people believe, like... That's just like, willful ignorance at that they point. They want to believe that their military is all good people and that would never do that. Or, like, kill their family for an like, affair. Wasn't... And, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, just because you're in the military, you're not... You your shit don't stink it's not like that but he wasn't a military man like he was a doctor who went into the military like there's a difference there to me i feel i think so like that doesn't that doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. it's like cool you're you're green he he had money and came in for like power too right that and man's not saying everyone that's gone that route does also (laughs) not saying that if you you're a doctor and go into the military you're looking for power it's just this man had some issues and that the pathologist literally said he doesn't feel remorseful no so obviously something happened and choosing to believe him when there's no evidence that these other supposed home invaders even existed like you're just choosing I think I, I took to it out, but I did say I was going to talk about the girl a little more. She was brought into one of the trials, but like like I said, had an alibi. But like a lot of people really suspect her because she, um, because of her past and stuff and like other circumstantial things, like her alibi wasn't the most secure and like her, it still wasn't someone, an alibi. someone looking like her was seen by, on the corner by that policeman, but there's no what other about the proof. other three people? Yeah, there's no clue who they could be. That's dumb. Like, choosing to believe a home invasion story that is so dramatic like that, but with so many holes poked in it? No. And, like, family annihilators are a thing. Like, fathers who kill their whole families? Like, mm-hmm. that is a thing. There is a name for it. Yeah, it's a psychological thing that like, just happens. And not saying he was a family annihilator, because usually family annihilators do it because, like, they're, they're ashamed of themselves, and they don't want their families to live with that. But, like, I don't know. And the fact that he was proven to be having an affair, yeah. got with the girl after. And they can prove that he he laid the shirt on Colette's body to stab it, so she got the wounds and the shirt got the wounds at the same time. And that's why her blood's all over it. That's sadistic. That's insane. That's there's issues there. He's How going issues with this whole thing. He's like, he's going so far to cover it up that he's just doing it in efficient ways. He's covering up the murder of his family by being efficient. That's not what happens. And you kill that's crazy. Your daughters. 
and then proceed to stab a two-year-old 33 times. And that's the other thing, like, you say it's, like, second degree for the fa- for the daughters, like, because they weren't planned. Okay, cool. Why did he stab? You did not need to stab a two-year-old that many times. Yeah. You did That's not. aggravated. There's something wrong there. That is sadistic and aggravated at a whole what lot. What a disgusting human. I'm so glad he's in prison. Yeah. I'm so glad that he... I like I'm almost grateful that he he almost got freedom and then they were like go back to federal prison because he thought he got away with it <laughs> and he and tried then to get by on a loophole yeah that's dumb that obviously shows that you're just grasping at what you no, can right, and right. you're not even sticking to your story you anymore. can't appeal it because of a lack of evidence or something else no because there is too much evidence because you did kill your family because they went like, back and got more to make sure your butt went to jail you were trying to get by on a loophole because you killed your wife and children crazy what a psycho I hate this podcast sometimes. Like, now I'm just mad. Yeah. It's like how I felt after talking about, like, Rebecca Zahal. Like, yeah. I'm just angry. It's like... But I'm grateful that he is in jail. Yeah, at no. Least. I I thought it ended when they dropped the charges. And I was about to hunt this, uh, become a vigilante. And hunt <laughs> this man down myself. A vigilante. Hire <laughs> an assassin on the dark web. Yeah, just call somebody in and look. Ring, ring. You I can got a kill child me murderer too. for you. <laughs> you <laughs> sell my organs. <laughs> sell my organs. I can't. Yeah, no. Bad man. It's a bad case, dude. Yeah. I, like, never heard of it, too. No. The Green Beret murders. It's fucked. It's like a, it's a pretty famous case. It's, like, one of those ones that you, people kind of stop talking about because you always hear about it. Like, a lot of people know Ted Bundy and Jeffrey yeah, Dahmer yeah, yeah. by name, but, like, couldn't tell you what they did. Yeah. They just know that they're serial killers. You know, like, it's one yeah. of those ones that you kind of, people just kind of stop focusing on the story. It just becomes a name. And then, mm. so, like, it, it kind of just, I don't know. It was one of the ones that kind of got lost. It's popular, but also not popular. I didn't know about it. Yeah. At all. I'm still thinking about the fact they used an ice pick. Yeah. I don't know. What, that's just another one of those things that, like, why trying to make it look like multiple weapons were being used but then why stab you're saying two girl two people attack the two-year-old you needed two people to kill the two-year-old and why leave them by the back door you just clearly didn't have time to go put them somewhere else yeah you didn't want to be seen dumping the weapons so you just slid them out the back door i can't fuck that man Mm-hmm. good thing he's in jail stay yeah. in jail stay in jail he killed a two-year-old she was two and her sister was five. Their bodies were so small. Mm-hmm. That's so sad. There's I don't like cases involving children. No, it's always the worst. It leaves a sour taste in my mouth. And I need you to know that this whole time, and it's so fucked up to admit, every time you said Colette, I pictured the bitch from Ratatouille <laughs> the whole time. And I couldn't stop. I was like, oh, not Colette. Not the French queen <laughs> getting murdered. She really is a French queen. Though. I felt so bad. You know, Ratatouille doesn't pass the Bechtel test. Yeah. <laughs> what a sad episode. <laughs> Remy. Not Remy being sexist. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that is my true crime for you. Isn't that aggravating? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm deeply upset. There uh there are some interesting diagrams of the house and like the the path that he claimed he took and what was actually took. You can like a lot of diagrams 
were drawn up to compare with all the forensic evidence. So there are some really cool stuff I will be putting in the, the Discord. In the Google I, Drive. In the Google Drive. If I always you say ever remembered. Yeah, if I remember. <laughs> um, I had to set an alarm to do it. <laughs> but we can do it when we get home. Yeah. If you want. I could do that. Um, but yeah, so it is an aggravating case. But it does have a lot of really interesting forensic stuff going yeah. on and the blood tracing is and i really enjoyed the fact that they had an impromptu like <laughs> a reenactment yeah they reenacted part of the crime to prove like it's not what happened um it's some like they really wanted this man in jail because they had him and the fact that other people tried to argue for him and other stuff like that and like that he had a story, started lying about a story, and people still believe he's telling the truth. It's like, obviously, he lied. He changed his story already. Yeah. Which one's truth in that? How do you know? I can't. No. You no. know, as soon as you start changing story, you're guilty. Yeah. Immediately. I mean, unless it's one of those things that you're like, I didn't want to get in trouble, and they can prove the rest of the stuff, but they can't prove anything no, like, he's literally. saying. So, like, it's not one thing he's saying. can be, true. It can even, like... You can't even twist the evidence to make it look like true. There's blood trails that show, like, this person didn't die where you said they were. Yeah. They said they did. Sorry. Um, and I left out, like, there was a lot of evidence about the, the trails. I left out some of it because there, there's, like, um, I don't even get into it because, like, it, it, it it's just gruesome stuff about, like, the kids and stuff. Mm. And it's already too much that the kids were involved anyway but there there are some other really interesting details of how they tracked him uh so it's definitely a case to look into if you're you're interested in forensic stuff because there are some really cool ways they they found out he did it because the fbi did have to come in and <laughs> i find love more the fbi we should watch criminal minds when we get home i'm down i love spencer reed <laughs> he's so cute matthew gray goobler Goobler. All right. I bought his book. We should end this episode here. That's what I was about to say. Okay. This has been episode 19. Maybe. We think. It is. Of Morbid and Mundane. Follow us. Our TikToks have been doing well. Yeah. We started posting uh, every other day on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And so follow us there for more spooky stuff. No, they're so good. They're so funny. And join our Discord. I want to play Minecraft so bad. Yes. I just want to play Minecraft. Join our Discord. See you next week. Bye.